It's the Rob Z Show. It's the Rob Z Show. Everybody knows about the Rob Z Show. Those were the wonderful sounds of Jack Zerby blessing your ear holes. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Hi. This episode is with my brother-in-law, Jack Zerby. Jack has been my brother-in-law for uh, five years. That's how long I've been married to my wife for. <laughs> uh, we've been friends for a long time. We have strange off-the-wall discussions at family gatherings. We thought we'd bring those discussions to the podcast. One of my favorite episodes ever. Maybe my favorite. I know I say that about a lot of episodes, but this one is uh, over two hours long. That signifies that we had an awesome conversation. Just the fact that it's over two hours long, know, you know that it was a good conversation and that you need to listen to it. Right? Jack uh, worked for College Humor. He worked for Vimeo. He's a designer, entrepreneur, creator, uh, inspirator. <laughs> inspirator. I'm going to start. Can I be an inspirator? Can I put that on my LinkedIn profile? Uh, we had a great conversation, so check this out. And by the way, he's the one who got me into podcasting in the first place, who got it started for me, which we'll get into in the podcast. So I owe a lot of credit to the dude, and we had a fantastic conversation before we get there. I'm going to change the sound of my voice to talk about the sponsors on the podcast, like the Comics Vault, 1130 12th Avenue in Altoona. So the Comics Vault is holding free comic book day. If you listen to this before May 5th, free comic book day at the Comics Vault. Spider-Man's going to be in the house. I love comic books, and uh, now my son Max does as well. We go there and get comics all the time. Thousands of back issues. New comics every Wednesday at the Comics Vault Altoona on Facebook and Instagram. Harlequin Pepper Yoga. Hello to Harlequin and Aaron. Vinyasa Yoga for your body and for your mind. Find her on Facebook and Instagram. Harlequin Pepper Yoga. Search her in the App Store and Google Play as well for a full schedule. Find her on the App Store and Google Play. 320 Allegheny Street in Holidaysburg and the Clay Cup at 1304 11th Avenue in Altoona. Facebook and Instagram is the Clay Cup. Coffee, tea, freshly baked deliciousness, bagels, oatmeals, and soups, and creativity. Uh, you can do watercolor classes, pottery painting, and get your brain on at the Clay Cup. Get your brain on. I come up with so many great slogans on this podcast, and nobody ever uses them. Ever. I don't understand it. Let's start the show. This is Rob Z Radio. There we go. Your golden pony boy. Who was your uh, Who was your inspiration in music? Like learning to play guitar and stuff. I mean, you probably had a couple, but Michael Jackson. For like musicianship, though. Yeah, I mean, Michael Jackson. When I was, gosh, like Jack, my son's age, probably eight years old. I had like the Michael Jackson lunchbox. I had a Michael Jackson record player that was like plastic, and then I had the Michael Jackson glove. Yeah. The sparkle. Right. The thing that was inspiring about Michael Jackson was the crispness of it. It was just so perfect that, and just the funkiness of it. I don't know what it was. It was just like something clean about it. It was just, and from a music standpoint, it just felt tight. Right. Because, um, you know, and then later on with like, you know, grunge rock and all this stuff, it got much more looser, but I think that's what always had attracted me to his. his yeah, it music. was like perfection. Per perfected yeah. pop music like. yeah i mean no wonder he was like totally out of his mind but that's like 
to get that level of perfection takes like an insane uh, on that did you watch the defiant ones the the uh Documentary on HBO about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine. I watched the one episode, the one with Eminem in it. Yeah. I don't know which episode that was. There was a couple, right? I watched the whole thing, binge watched the whole thing. But the one thing that's interesting about Jimmy Iovine, it talks about, you know, he worked with uh, Bruce Springsteen and and then U2 and all these other like big rock bands. He goes, the level of perfection, especially what he was talking about with U2 and Bruce Springsteen, but both of them, he's like, they, ex- I'm a hard. He said I'm a hard worker, but they absolutely wore me down to where I I, I could I give up. Like he would say, you too. Oh no, brings it was born. I think it was born to run. One of the like top Bruce Springsteen songs. Like he said, they recorded it like 35 times. Like not even probably probably like hundreds of times. Good like Lord. it was a number where you're like, you got to be kidding me. And that's all Springsteen. Right? That's all Springsteen. Because he was like a maniac. You had to have it. Yeah. just right yeah so now when you listen to his music and listen back and be like this was probably recorded like 142 times and imagine the, the amount of times he's toured with it he's probably sang that song thousands yeah. and thousands of times and you too was the same way he there's an interview with bono and he's like yeah i think we broke jimmy at one point like, <laughs> totally broke him were you a u2 fan no okay i, was gonna, <laughs> I, I don't you. know why <laughs> i don't know who is i don't know anybody who is well i know one older lady do you is, remember but when, they're like one of the biggest bands in the world do ever. you remember when apple all of a sudden turned on the, the youtube album for everybody they're like you can have the youtube album <laughs> oh, i don't want it and all these kids are on twitter like who the heck is youtube why are they on my iphone i want my trap music i want my <laughs> it was kind of rude though because sometimes you'd go to like somehow you'd turn itunes on and it would start playing yeah i never had any other music on there for a while yeah. so i'd get you too all the time i think it kind of felt arrogant in a way didn't it it was like very pushy who are you to guess you my know, musical taste like it, if i want to like why are you above bieber now i mean because uh, um, i don't know i should i guess i shouldn't say that but, justin bieber yeah because i was a total bieber closet fan but <laughs> but like if i want to run and listen to some biebs and you too is now on my playlist. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not cool with that. You have to be in the right mood for the right band. So you can't just expect to throw a band on there and everybody's just going to be like, "Well, all right then." I know. Maybe put a variety on. Get ten bands and put all their albums on. So who would it be? It'd be Little Peep, Smoke Little Perp, Peep, no doubt, Air Supply. <laughs> <laughs> like if they looked at if they don't do it on my musical playlist because it'll be like uh, it'll be like uh, who's that? Oh Drake and <laughs> six, then it'll nine. Be six nine. Oh dude. <laughs> Can Wait, we hold on. Before we go, let's let's introduce the podcast. <laughs> like, that's before we do anything. Um, Jack Serby's here. Hello there, sir. Um, you're my brother-in-law. Wow, I was getting there. I didn't you didn't give me a chance to even. I know. Why do I do that? I was you totally cut, cut you me off. off. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Jack Serby, uh, legend, um, revered, monolithic. By who? who? I'm just throwing. I'm just saying words okay, and I'm waiting for you to like agree that. with one. Okay. <laughs> Monolithic? Monolithic. What does that, that mean? I don't know. Is that even a term? I just like there'll only be one. Like you're still. You never move. Okay, I that think makes you're sense. like an immovable object. Okay. Um. Yeah. So we are. You're my brother-in-law. Uh, I'm married to your sister. Yeah. If you want to break it down as to how that works. That's how it works. Okay. Yeah. There we go. And um, we've known each other now as long as I've known Nini. So ten years, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, and. Really, the reason, the reason I this is this is straight serious. The reason I started this podcast because you told me to. Really, many years ago on Nini's couch, we were sitting there or on her parents' couch, and uh, you said something along the lines of, hey, "You should start a podcast, man. Why don't you just start one?" And I was like, "Really? Like, should I start? It? How do I start?" And then you showed me how to do it. You showed me how no to get way. onto Libsyn. Yeah, look at that. Do you not remember that? Does that mean I get like a cut of revenue? If or I like, yeah, I have to break so off a little something. <laughs> yeah. <I got> <laughs> 
there's some dividends ten years coming ago, your man, way. Man, that's like I'm caught, I was ahead of I was ahead of time. Well, you didn't that. tell me that ten years ago. Oh. I was probably like. Oh right, because you haven't had the podcast right. for ten years. That's he said ridiculous. it ten years ago, and I was like, "Ah, eh, I'll wait." You're getting on a it phone call a from one eight hundred. One eight hundred safe auto. You probably not answer that. No, I'm not. I, yeah. I'm not. I hung it up, and now it's on moon mode. I oh, made yeah, the number I one podcast faux pas. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you had told me that, and I was like, yeah, I should start a podcast. Why not? And then oh, that's when that's when you did the music. That was the music one, right? In it my in my one. yeah my closet. And we did your website. We did the logo and everything. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And business cards. And look where we're at now. I'm sitting look at your at house this. recording a podcast. With two foam pads beside us. Yeah. For sound. This is super fresh. We're in your like brand new custom studio with a gym like Joe Rogan has. And like <laughs> I have a full, an archery uh, I have an Olympic sized pool and okay. then a glass case underneath where you can record a podcast under the pool. With sharks like, and with stuff too. <laughs> the sharks around you. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was it was me that. Uh, okay, yeah, inspiration. So Fantastic. There you go. So how's that to right. make this awkward right off the bat? That okay. you did it all. Good thanks. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself because people listening, uh, most are in Central Pennsylvania, but they could mm-hmm. be anywhere in the world. Yeah. Who's Jack Zerby? Oh gosh. Yeah. And, and don't make it like forty-five minutes. Okay. You know? Well, so 1981 is when I was born. Mm-hmm. My parents. I don't know where I was conceived. Um, I, I don't need to talk about that. Sorry, what? So, I grew up in Hollisburg and Hollisburg, mm-hmm. and then uh, went to Rochester Institute of Technology in New York, and then I moved to New York City, Sizzy. New York City, and lived in Queens, Story of Queens. I feel like I lived there long enough to be like Queens, what up? Queens represent, right. but not Fist really. Bumping people. No, that no, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> we were in Astoria in Queens. It's actually a pretty cool place. It's all Greek people and like amazing Greek food. But then it started getting a little bit shady. Like we would look at it. Like I remember looking out the window and be like, I believe that's a gang fight. And they were like, it looked like Grand Theft Auto. It was like <laughs> two, like three or four gang cars like right in front of each other. And there's baseball bats oh and like God. all kind of crazy stuff. And then. Um, How long did you live there for in Astoria? I was in there two two years. I did two years. So while you were there, it started falling apart. You saw the gangs rolling in. I said the gangs were rolling in. They tried in. to pick you up. Yeah. And you were like, and so eh. then Marissa, and, so Marissa, my wife, who I've known since I was 14, we've been dating since we were 14. We're now married. How crazy is that? But, I have a fr- another friend like that who's met his wife in eighth grade. Yeah, it was crazy. So she came out, she came out to New York and then we moved to the exact opposite of story, which was Hoboken, New Jersey, which is like a J. Crew commercial, like twenty four seven. It's a whole bunch of, and my new favorite word is basic. So it's a whole bunch of basic bros, mm. basic uh, chads. You could call them. You What's could a call basic them, chad or basic Becky. Oh, okay. So like on Instagram culture, which I'm learning now because I'm like newly onto Instagram. But like, if you're gonna call a girl like basic, you call her Becky. Which right, I, Becky. I didn't know yeah, that. yeah. And then, I think that's been around for a long time, actually. Becky, but it's like did that start with Beyonce, the Becky with the good hair? Well, Becky with the good hair, but I think it goes back even further than that. Really, and I'm not sure where because yeah. I don't know the history of Becky. But so it's yeah, it's all Beckys, and and I was I guess I mean, Marissa was a Becky, and I was Chad. a Chad, I, whoever it is. And uh, but actually, Hoboken was pretty awesome. It was like the closest thing you could get to that Hollisburg like small town thing. And so, yes, we spent 10 years in Hoboken. I worked, um, I mean, this is where it kind of branches off and some crazy stuff. But I think, have I already told, I've never been on your podcast before. No, you never have. I feel like I've told this story. You probably um, told it to me. To you. Yeah. Uh, but when I first got to New York, um, 
I was working for a design firm called Pentagram, and Pentagram was one of the is the oldest graphic design firm in the world. Really? And so when did it start? Oh gosh, that's maybe too tough of a question. I don't remember. Like nineties? Like no, like nineteen thirties and forties. It was oh, like wow. it's been it's been a long. Oh, I thought you meant like digital graphics. You mean like just graphics? Oh yeah, in it's like straight up old graphic design. But oh, they've crazy. done everything from Saks Fifth Avenue logo to they just did redid the Verizon one. They did the Jets logo. They did pretty much like all these big brands. It usually comes back to a, a pentagram project. Really? So I mean. It would be crazy to be in that office and look over and there's Paula Cher, who's one of their top designers, like meeting with Jon Stewart to design his America book. Remember that America book they had with yeah. like, the eagle in the front? And then have, you know, famous architects come in or like Martha Stewart when they're doing a thing. And I got in trouble one time for making fun of Martha Stewart. And, and Paula, who's one of the head designers, is like good friends with her. It was right when she went to prison. And I was and like, you're cracking Martha Stewart. Like, what a Snoop terrible. Dog joke, I was like, her, her daughter hates it. I was really unfairly mean to Martha Stewart because I have a lot of respect for her. But <laughs> Paula was like, what? That's my friend. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, come on. You can't make fun of Martha Stewart. I know. It was a pretty easy. It was right when she was going to prison. So it was like kind of an easy target. You're going to get butthurt. I mean, we're yeah. crying out loud. This so is in the past. It's in the past. We'll let it go. I spent three years at Pentagram. Uh, it was pretty awesome. And then thought I wanted to do advertising. And when I went into advertising, the way that they got me in there to this place called RGA, which is one of the bigger digital firms, was they had just directed Rihanna's first video as part of like this large ad campaign. And they're like, you could work on the Rihanna. Like you could work on the Rihanna account. We have also like their other big account was Nike. So they're doing all the stuff like when Nike running first came out, like all that, all that stuff. Yeah. And I was like, yes, this is what I do. So I left Pentagram. Uh, and now I'm at this ad firm. And so the first day I show up, they're like, oh, so you're not going to be working on the Rihanna team and the Nike team's full. So why don't you head on down here to the Johnson and Johnson team? <laughs> and I was literally doing ads for Splenda, right? Yes. And ads for Off. Oh, you know, I like enjoy Off. I mean, that's a big a impact product. on the world. And we would have like giant meetings talking about marketing for mosquitoes oh, I'm, I'm like come on people nobody how do you take nobody stuff seriously how do you do I, it i couldn't take it like i literally lasted three months there and just i just it was too fast paced and it was too it just felt just like meaningless just doesn't it seem odd yeah exactly and I, this is i've had this question many times like somebody would die to have that job like to work for yeah that would probably make good money and you can work there forever or i guess bounce around to other jobs like yeah. that but how do you do it for your entire life? Don't, don't you lose know. your mind? I don't know. When I was leaving, some of the people there were like, take us with you. Because <laughs> they're all secretly like, screaming really inside. Sleep. Yeah. It's like, but like, even if you looked at the Nike team, like they were sleeping on the floor. There were regular times I wouldn't, I would be done in the office at three in the morning, have to get on a bus to Port Authority and come back. Um, and then come back the next morning at like 10 a.m. Why? For what? Because work Because I had sp this Splenda ads had to be done. Yeah. And you talk about like advertising and ad spend and what people. Oh, I can't like, even imagine. Just for the food photographer to take pictures of, of like this sugary glass, twenty grand easily. So the whole thing was that Audrey. It's Audrey, yeah. My daughter's. I knew she would be <laughs> at the door. She's probably scared. So this whole ad campaign would be like two hundred thousand dollars, and it would literally run for like a couple of weeks, and then that'd be it. And it just was like, I saw like, but then you get really good salaries when you go to advertising. They like doubled my salary. Well, yeah, but sure. that, okay. So that was where I realized that money 
Just because you're making double the money, you can absolutely be miserable. <laughs> right. Because you got to spend all your time doing something you can't stand. Yeah. So now I'm like n- literally never home, but I'm making all this money. And so then I left there and went to a company called Frog, which is one of the oldest. Uh, and Reptiles or amphibians. <laughs> <laughs> Industrial design companies. So they've done, uh, like they did the original Mac computer. Like they were the ones who designed that. They've designed, I mean, everything. They work, their big client is IBM or, um, yeah, IBM and GE. So that was really cool. And we did a lot of stuff with like the SAT company. We did a lot of stuff with Microsoft. We did, we, when Sprint was launching their first like Wi-Fi service or whatever, we were working with them. So that was cool. But it was uh, kind of soul numbing after a while. Mm-hmm. At first, it's exciting, right? You get in there, you're like, oh, this is yeah. exciting. This is cool. Yeah. And all then... these amazing clients. And it would be like, hey, Jack, guess what? Uh, we're going to Sprint headquarters in Herndon, Virginia for like two weeks. And it was Something literally like office space. Herndon. Herndon, Virginia is like the it, there's I I guarantee there's like a tchotchkes down the road that sells jalapeno poppers and shrimp fajitas. <laughs> That's where we were. And we would we would wear our khaki pants, sit in our cubicle, and then go to TGI Fridays for happy hour, oh. <laughs> and then drive our Dodge Stratus on rotate, like on, yeah. on a schedule every single week. And that was like this is where things started to rumble in my head of like this is not what I want to do yeah. for the rest of my life. So where it gets where the story gets really interesting is when I got a call. For my friend Jake, who I met when I was at RIT, Jake didn't graduate college, um, but he was and he was crazy, like you, he, like super cool, cool dude, but like very unpredictable. So you'd come to a party and you wouldn't know if he was like going to just take off all of his clothes and break dance or something like that. Like mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing you wouldn't. Like he actually to have around, but you're also yeah. worried at sometimes. He actually did get married naked. I wasn't at the <laughs> wedding. I'm not even joking. <laughs> did his wife? Oh yeah, they were both naked. Oh, okay. that, that I think it was it symbolic better. or something like that's. But, was, the, but everybody like, wasn't naked. Like, uh, no, not everybody. And just it wasn't them. a nudist colony or anything. No, it was just them because my my former business partner Jonathan actually went to that wedding and he's like, yeah, dude, they were naked. Maybe it's wow. like they're just showing their true personality, like they're showing well, their true selves as yeah. one. How can you be connected without actually with clothes in the way? Yeah. <laughs> right, all, we're never connected. So Jacob, but that's the kind of guy that Jake was, and. I knew he was making money because he always had fancy cameras, uh, but he dressed like a homeless guy. Um, and he said to me one day, he's like, oh, yeah, my friend Ricky and Josh and I started this little site called College Humor. And uh, and it's going pretty well. And so I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And it started to get big at that time. And they were... What year was this? This would have been like 2002. So they had that and they also had Busted Tees. So they were selling... Mm-hmm hundreds of thousands of dollars in busted tees and then college humor was generating you know probably 50 to 60k a month like it was insane how it took off so when jake uh didn't grad or didn't didn't want to graduate just left school we're like oh yeah man why would you do that you good luck man and then so i go get my 25k a year starting salary job and jake sold college humor uh to iac for 20 million dollars wow so that was right out of school that jake sold the first company for, for 20 million so that, that's insane. Yeah. In what, 2000? What year was that? Like this would have been like 2004. That's so this wild. is like, this is early internet. Um, and so he sells that. And so, so when he sold it, did he totally give up college humor then? Or did he stay on board? He stayed there for a while. So the, when I connected with him, uh, cause I, I mean, I talked back and forth with him, but when I connected with him, he said, um, we have this, we're doing something with Vimeo. And he goes, I have this little site called Vimeo. And 
IEC is going to put money into it because IEC already owns Vimeo. IEC just didn't know that they owned Vimeo because when they sold College Humor, Vimeo was actually a part of that umbrella. It was very small at the time. Oh, okay. And it was like a side project for Jake and his part and his business partner, Zach. So uh, he's like, my partner, Zach, who started Vimeo is leaving and we need someone to fulfill the art director role. So they come in really as this like design partner. So there was only 10 of us there. And I remember showing up like, do they even have health insurance? Like, like I was, I think I was the oldest one of everybody in there. <laughs> and, uh, and it was Vimeo and college humor, like in the same office. So I took the job and it was definitely a risk. Cause at that point, like Vimeo was really, really small. So it was like, okay, this could be, this could be something. So might as well take it. And I really trusted uh, Jake. Yeah. So we get there, it's 10 people and Vimeo just starts growing like 200% month over month, over month, just more people. And it was just insane. There was only 10 or 12 of us. And while we were there, there was this guy, Zach uh, Hoeken, and you can Google his name. He sat in front of me and he was always working on these robots and we're like, dude, you need to get back to work. Stop working on your dumb like robot. Like he would, he wouldn't be, the robot wouldn't be there, but you'd see like the computer drawings of them. So he was in there. <laughs> we're like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm making a, a printer that can print out other printers. And we were like, that's dumb. Get back to work. So, and my partner, Jonathan was the GM at Vimeo at the time. So he was like ready to fire him. Oh my God. So he ended up leaving and uh, he had a company called RepRap uh, with this guy, Bree Pettis. That turned into MakerBot. That turned into, he's literally the grandfather of 3D printing. That like, is insane. Him and Bree Pettis, they sold, uh, so oh, let me, before I say that, Jake was like, oh yeah, before Zach left, I gave him 25K to start MakerBot, right? So we'll leave that there and we'll come to the next one. Then Vimeo starts growing, starts getting bigger, and we hear from these guys, Tumblr, who were uh, working a lot with us because a lot of people were embedding Vimeo videos. And Jake's like, hey, uh, my friend David started this site called Tumblr. I gave him 25K. And I was like, can I invest? Like, I have like uh, $1,200 in my bank No, Zerby, get out of here. He's like, he's like uh, no. I didn't realize like you have to be like an accredited investor. Like you have to have a net worth of like a million dollars or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I didn't get to invest. I would have. I would have plopped down 500 large. Well, that's, no. That's, it's strange how um, that community has that happen over and over again, right? Yeah. There's always somebody working for somebody else who ends up. It's I a guess big, that's all industries, but it seems like in the tech industry, it happens a lot faster. Yeah, and it's kind of like Tubac and Biggie because it's kind of like East Coast, West Coast. Like East Coast startups really? stick together. Really? West Coast, start, it's a different vibe. Like I don't really know. I mean, I've been in the startups for a while, but I don't really know that many people on the West Coast with startups. And so, you know, it's like and we put out a diss album. Right. And then just say, yeah, that's how we do it. And then you drive past the strip and something's Vegas gonna happen. I don't know. Something's like... gonna <laughs> so uh yeah, so Jake gives uh Jake's like, Yeah, I gave Dave Carp the Tumblr, right? Then he comes to me a couple months later and he's like, My cousin, uh, is Brian, I forget his last name, started this site called Bleacher Report. And he goes, I'm not even I'm like, Jake, you're not even in the sports and he's like, Well, I gave him twenty five thousand for that right so he's these small little investments imagine yeah yeah with that 20 million that he made so uh years later now if we come back to it uh makerbot sold for 500 million tumblr sold for a billion and bleacher report i i think was in the the couple hundred million maybe 800 million so there's almost two billion dollars in acquisitions jake was the seed investor unbelievable so at 
I mean, let's say he makes he's taken one percent of that. I mean, we're still talking like a, over a hundred million dollars. Do like, you ever talk to him now? Uh, he just kind of disappeared. He's like Howard Hughes because he owns an island. And he can do whatever he creating... wants. He can wear whatever he wants to a wedding. Like when he shows up, like because he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, but the the funny thing is, as far as redemption is, That's he actually hilarious. got kicked out of his own company. So we all were brought into a room. So Vimeo was getting really big at this point. Um, and they brought us all in the room, and they're like, "You may notice that Jake and Jonathan, who was the GM, are no longer here." And we're like. Uh, you just really just, re- it'd be like saying like Jack Dorsey from Twitter is no longer here or Elon <laughs> Musk is no, cause that's the kind of energy that Jake had. Yeah. So they're kicked out of the company and that day, and you can probably Google this on uh, Gawker, Jake posted him up uh, Instagram or no, it wouldn't be an Instagram. It would have been on like on Tumblr of him smoking a giant bong. And it said, <laughs> I got fired today from my own company. And I remember like uh, Gawker and like all the big like tech blogs were posting it and stuff like that because none of us even knew what would happen. And the only time we had heard from Jake is that he was smoking bong. And he signed an agreement that he was not allowed to talk to any of us to try to like really? poach us. Yeah. Um, so that's why we just didn't hear from him for years. Wow. So that's the story of Jake. And then, uh, yeah, so then while I was there, we, Jonathan, who was the GM, we started our first site called Flavors. And so that... Uh, we got that we got into the startup game and it took took a while to get the the guts to quit my job yeah um jonathan's like give me six months when did you when did you plan on quitting your job or i should say when did you want to to when you actually did or did you always want to i always (laughs) wanted to i never felt like and people somebody out there listening might might be like you know i never feel like i fit in at a job like it's almost like you look around you're like what are you guys doing like, right. is this it for you? This is really it? Like, you don't want anything more. And I feel as, feel like I'm undercover. Like, yeah, because always... you don't want to get fired, you just play the game. Mm-hmm. But it's secret. It's like you're Clark, it's like Superman Clark Kent. Like, soon as that five o'clock, now you're Superman before you were Clark Kent. Gone. Yeah. It's like it never, that life never existed. Like, cubicle Clark <laughs> Kent, right? And it's like, it's so goofy because I, I, uh, sometimes would think, I, I would never think, you know, that I was better than anybody else that was there. I just, I always, I was often wondering like, what would it take for you guys to also realize yeah, that this doesn't make any sense and we don't know what we're doing here. And like, I feel uncomfortable all day long. And when, before you go to work the next day, you're worried about somebody like yelling at you. Yeah. Think about that. And nobody ever yelled at me, but I'd always think about somebody yelling. Someone's going to yell at you? Like who's going to yell at me? Was my sister yelling at you? She was probably yelling at you. <laughs> well, I mean like somebody I work with. Right. Nene might have yelled at me at some point. I'm yeah. sure she did. But <laughs> but also, I working for myself now for about a year, What I, the part that I really enjoy the most, and this might be ridiculous, is I take my shoes off every day. I have oh, the lighting that's, set that's the way right. I like the lighting set. Yeah. And I'm just, I feel extremely relaxed. Yeah. I have a little mat that I lay down on and take a nap sometimes if I'm yeah. tired. Like, you can't do that at a regular no. job. You can't do any of that. And you're probably a hundred times more productive. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. so relaxed. Yeah. That's the thing that, and it, look, my other sister, Kayla, she, well, actually she's now, she told me she never wanted to start her own thing. She actually liked what she did, but she ended up yeah. starting her own thing. Yeah. But I think if you're just doing it for the money and that's it, I, I just don't know how, if you love your job, that's amazing. But if you're just doing it for the money, I just don't know how you can block that part. Cause it's, you spend like so much time there. So, so much, much time with people day. you don't like. 
Yeah. And so I used to feel like you said, like sometimes you can feel like, oh, you know, like superior. It's not. It's just a matter of like, what are you driving towards? Like, what is your impact in the world? And if it's just, I mean, if you've, if, if like assembling soap, like off the factory floor is like, that's your thing, then yeah. that's your thing. Like, love it. That's the and get really part. good at it and optimize it and make sure it's like super efficient. The crazy part is, and I think, and I'm sure you do too, you see a job like that. Like yeah. somebody who learned how to make a ball bearing for a certain yeah. product or whatever. There's this guy at a catalyst space uh, in Altoona who made a sight. It, it's, you put it on your gun on like a, a handgun and it yeah. helps you aim better. It's called a sight right. And he's selling, they, it's being picked up by field, field and stream. Wow. Like it's really taken off. And I think like, man, I would never in a million years have any interest in anything that he's doing. Right. And that's awesome that he is really right. interested in it. Like, because that, I, you forget, I think sometimes when you're in a certain lane that other people have completely different objectives yeah. and passions than you do. Yeah. And that they have no idea what you even know. And you have no idea what they know. No. And it could be like, I, I feel like jobs can be great to, to take that stress. Like if you are, like I often tell like, new people who, who want to start businesses or entrepreneur things and stuff. It's like, if you have that job that takes the stress of, of money away, but you can work on side projects without the stress of trying to pay the bills, that's a great situation. And then when one is able to pay for the other, then you can talk about leaving. Yeah. But I think if you have that, um, if, if you have that first and you take care of your necessities, then you're making decisions in your business that aren't like, Oh, we got to do this cause we got to make money real fast. And then your all your customers are mad and then it doesn't work. Yeah. And you're taking customers that you don't really want to work with yeah. and it's not your forte or whatever it is yeah. just cause you feel like you have to. Right. And I mean, honestly, that's been the past year of me starting out on my own. I, I, I'm not saying I don't, want to work with certain people but at the same time it's not i don't get excited about what they do sometimes right and that's just that and that's just how it is but i think the fun part is finding the way to get excited about it and i think um what helps when you see results like if you work yeah. with somebody and you get them results and they're really excited about yeah. it and they're happy and you're like oh man that that's worth it yeah even if i'm not super pumped about their business yeah this is working yeah and it makes you like it more and you can't i mean you you um you scared me when you quit your job because I was, I, I was think you, scared. yeah, because you took the jump way earlier than I did. It I took, barely had any money. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my gosh, he's doing it. But like, you got to respect that in a way. It's like you did it and it was almost like you jumped out of a plane and you're building a parachute on the way down. Yeah. Untangling you know? it as I fall. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that, I mean, I thought that was, that was pretty awesome. And I think you, everybody has different risk tolerances. Like it's just like, and I think, one thing you and Nini are already great with money, so I think that that's a big yeah, like unnecessarily thrifty, and it's really <laughs> saved our lives. And, and it's really yeah, it's her. I mean, because I think most guys can be thrifty. Girls have more trouble being thrifty, and she yeah. just she won't spend anything. I mean, she'll buy some stuff every once in a while, but like it blows my mind that I feel like I buy more than she does. When I usually look at it as. Uh, even when I need something, I'll wait like a month to buy it. Right. <laughs> but she'll wait like six months to buy it. I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know. But that's a, that's a, like that piece alone is a big, is a big asset. Especially if you're going out on your own like that. If you can't, if you can't manage the money and you're blasting all of it, it's just not going to work. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to be scared to death the whole time. That's the other part. It's, like, and then you can't make clear care. decisions. Like your, your head isn't clear. Um, so okay going back to the music part uh, uh, because i wanted still want to know 
other bands that you loved. Yeah. Because Michael Jackson didn't play the guitar. That's the part I'm, I'm, right. curious, I'm curious about. But when you were younger, you know, life was, uh, how, how, how do you put this? Like, I didn't, it didn't matter what I had to do. It was just, I got to get to the things that really make me excited and do them all the time. Right. Because that's going to make me happy. But whenever you get older, you kind of just go away from all that and you start to push all that stuff away. How did you throughout your life figure that out? Like, I got to keep going towards the things that I like and not work stupid jobs that aren't. Because I worked like Subway and I worked at Hooters. Yeah. And I worked at, you know, not that I didn't like the radio station, the, the on-air part itself, but I was there for 18 years. Like, <laughs> yeah, so long. That's like my whole like mid-adult life. Um, you were a sandwich artist? I was just saying, I cut my thumb open. Yeah, and I got fired because there was blood squirting. Oh all my over gosh! The my friend into like the sweet onion chicken chicken teriyaki. <laughs> under the under under the other buns. Oh, like just all over them. Because my friend came in and was talking to me, and I was talking to him, and this is how I knew I wasn't cut out for those kind of jobs because like the whole day was unbelievable pressure. And you're me. staring at the clock. Are you staring at the clock the I'm whole just time? Like yeah, I'm staring at the clock. And I'm just like I'm dying. I think I'm gonna die if I stay here any longer. And I cut my thumb open. And it was just squirting blood all over the buns. And he was looking at me like... Were there customers in there? <laughs> well, he was in like, line with other people. throwing up. So I had to go to the emergency room. We could stitches. Oh. And then they let me go. Um, but yeah, I, I had so many... Was it your knife suit? So it was your knife skills that... It was my attention skills, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Tied in with my knife skills, I okay. guess. But did you have dumb jobs or you always just kind of went for I... uh, what you wanted? I drove my parents nuts because I never wanted to follow the rules and what everybody else did. So she's like, you need to, you need to get a job. Summertime, it's high school, you need to get a job. And you need to do the same thing everybody else does, which is minimum wage, whatever. So I ended up getting a DJ job uh, with a local company. And it, was, it always felt like really shady. Like I didn't know what was actually happening. So here's how it would work. I would show up. At this guy John's house, right? His name was John. Which I sense. almost bought all of his stuff, by you, the yeah. way. And I luckily backed out. I love that stuff. And so we would show up in the morning and he'd be like in his dark, dark, like basement room with like all these books. And he was like always watching TV and he'd come out in smoke filled room and everything. <laughs> and he'd be like, hey, he'd talk like this. And he'd say, hey, Jack. And then he'd give me the keys to this giant unmarked van with a bunch of equipment in the back of it. And we would Just take a big that white van. Right. So we would take that unmarked van to like weddings. And so I was making, uh, sometimes I'd make like $200 in a night, like, which as a high school kid was huge. Yeah. And so I'd, then you'd show up at the end of the night and, uh, you would get, he would come out of the smoke filled room and he would give you a roll of the money that he would just start like a drug peeling dealer. off. Yeah. He would just start peeling <laughs> off twenties, no taxes. There were no 1099s involved yeah. and he would just peel. So I would take these rolls of twenties and hundreds to with me to school to show off. And I would just like, for, uh, like lose them or forget them and stuff like what? that. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> That's what kids do. That's yeah. hilarious. And so then what was interesting is I timed it so that I could work on a Saturday night and maybe a Sunday and then I wouldn't have to work all week because I made more than everybody did just during the week at McDonald's or whatever. And yeah. so it would drive my parents crazy. Like, you need to get a job. Like, I have a job and I make it. You got serious money, mom. Look at the money. I make it all on Saturday night. And then she would be like, you need to save that. I'd be like, it's more money. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm buying a jean jacket. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. I'm buying a new Jansport. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I so I didn't really follow the rules on that. And that was kind of like, but for me, it was always like creative pursuits. Like, 
I was, I'm pretty lucky that I've always known it's either been music or design for me, music or some sort of creative process. So that's what I've always been driven towards. Yeah. And you're like obsessed with it. Oh yeah. So absolutely. like a insane, insane degree. Yeah. But when it's something like that, you think about all the time, like an obsession. Yeah. That's, that's the, the obsession gets a bad rap. Right. It can, you can take it too far right. to where you're, it's, it's not a good thing. Right. But when you're obsessed about something and you really love it and you put all your time into it, then like, that's the greatest thing you could ever possibly do. Right. I mean, there's what, it, what is better than that? And I think I don't, it depends on what your your outcome is. If you want to, yeah. if you say, "I just want to play guitar, just so I can play guitar," that why well, that's I mean, do it and turn it into it. something, right? <laughs> but I can't just do that. Yeah, and that goes into like all the other crazy stuff that we do. It's like I can't just learn about ice therapy and cryotherapy and just you know maybe I'll take a ice shower, like a cold shower. No, You're I had to go out and buy the best garbage can, <laughs> fill it with ice. Make sure I had the right salt to water ratio <laughs> so that the ice wouldn't form so I could get the water to 38 degrees or whatever it was or below freezing. Yeah. I'm like, I just, I don't know. I have that personality where if I'm just going to do something, I'm just going to go crazy. But then you totally stop it too. So the then ice stuff, you're <laughs> you I'm done. like hardcore done. Right. And then I move on to the next thing that I'm obsessed about. And Marissa, know, my wife Marissa knows this. She'll She's, see it coming. If I get into one thing, it's like I can't just casually do it. Yeah. It falls out until you've burned it out. And yeah, there's this saying like of of liking something and loving something. And if you love something, you really shouldn't want to do it all the time because the love's going to wear off. Right. If you like something, it's probably going to stay because you like it. You enjoy it. You don't like obsess over it. Right. Does that make sense? Well, I struggle with that that saying because I agree with it. Then the same way, I think they mean love as an infatuation. And once the novelty wears off, then you don't like it as much anymore. I think you can measure it by, and I think I've had to be honest with myself sometimes where I say, do I really love playing guitar or do I just like playing guitar? Because if I really loved it, I would do it no matter what. I wouldn't feel guilty about not doing it. You'd be annoying everybody everywhere right, you go. Right, all the time. Like, <laughs> and it's if it's taking up my thought, like my subconscious thoughts, like on a, if I'm in the shower or when I'm walking around, it's like that's when I know that I'm not forcing myself to do it. Yeah. So there's certain things where I'm like, if I re like with music, when I was pursuing music, like I didn't practice my guitar enough. So did I really love, is that really, really what I wanted to do? I don't know. Cause if I did, I'd be doing it. Yeah. And I wasted a lot of time, um, with music where, you know, I, I did albums and all that kind of stuff, but there was a lot of time in between that I wasn't doing it. It wasn't practicing. Can people still buy your albums? Are they for sale? Yeah, they're on iTunes. Are they really? Just search Jack Zerby. If you search, yeah. On, and you can search on YouTube too. You can't buy them on YouTube, though. You so don't go there. Go no. to iTunes. But I still get, like, checks. I got one the other day. I get them, like, $12 or whatever. But if you look at all the stream, there's, like, I go through this company called CD Baby. And Are you they, on Spotify and stuff? Uh, I think I'm on Spotify, yeah. Oh, they do it for you. They do it. They You basically give them their your music, and then they give it to all these distribution platforms. How cool is but, that? But, like, I went through it the other day. There was probably 60 different services. We're talking iTunes Europe, iTunes, you know, iTunes Russia, like all the different countries and stuff, and then Spotify. It is insane how anybody could make any money doing that. Impossible. Yeah. Like, even if I have a couple hundred plays or a couple thousand plays, it's still like $10. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Isn't that nuts? And I guess... Um you look at now music now as far as they making money it's touring number one yeah but bands i'd say bands like uh nine inch nails always pops in my head because people who have kind of 
either they have their own label or they almost all the time have their own label, but that's how you have to make the money. Right. You've got to own the rights. You've got to own your own label and then build like a world around the music. Like, like Coheed and Cambria who have like comic books about their music, Yeah, you know, or, and you being designed, like you could probably, if you were still super into it, you could probably do that too. Well, I think there's two things. One, there's a whole lot of competition now. Oh my goodness. Like, There'll be somebody on YouTube that I find, um, some of the other day I heard saying, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, I remember there's a couple people that I've been following for a while. I remember I heard Tori Kelly, you know who Tori Kelly is? Yeah. I remember she had just started out and she was singing like some Lauren Hill song. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that is amazing. amazing. Actually, Messenger said like, that was awesome. She said that she was like small enough at that point to reply. And and then like years, and even Bieber, I remember seeing like that first Bieber Usher when he was singing Usher or whatever, and you're just like, something, something's going to happen with that kid. Yeah. Uh, and so it was years later, and now, she, then she was on American Idol, and then she got kicked off American Idol. But she had top 40 hits. And then she's she came back, and now she's like, you know, she's touring all over the world. But at the same time, they have to live that life, right? You got to live the touring life. You're always going somewhere else. Well, but here's the thing that's interesting. And this is what we were talking about early with like music and how it, how it, how the business has changed. And we always laugh about it. For some reason, Instagram always thinks that I love trap music. And I don't know why. I think it's because I like to watch world star hip hop fights. Yeah. They're very entertaining. Uh, there must trap be like music this- in general. They're the people, the, the musicians, uh, all of their social media accounts are fantastic. Yeah, because the content's just wonderful. <laughs> it must have been like they must have been like. Well, he loves watching fail videos. He loves watching a world star fight videos. People so get he stomped must in like trap trap music. And so, it turns out you actually do. And now you well, okay. So there's this one guy the that kept coming up. This rainbow. Well, here's the first lesson in marketing. This I said. Um, who did I say? It? Maybe I said it to you and I said, Hey, have you heard of this guy? Six, nine, which is hilarious. That name, but like, and it's spelled all weird too. It's, like, it's not 69, six, six nine. nine. And what is six is six, nine. Who knows? Who knows? All right. So I said, hey, have you heard of six, nine? No, I haven't. Remember that guy with the rainbow hair and the rainbow? Gr- oh yeah. I know who he is. So, <laughs> number one, he creates a memory in you your head. You know, he has six, nine tattooed on his yeah. forehead. You which by the way, guy? forehead tattoo, face tattoos are like the new thing. It's huge. Like when we were kids, it was like the press on tattoos, like the, uh, what are those called? Would you put the water on? Yeah. Now they're doing face tattoos. I went to henna tattoos. Now right. it's just We're talking real face. face. So you go to like Ocean City for vacation, like in high school. And like, now you're coming back with a face tattoo instead of like. <laughs> you used to get your nose pierced or your eyebrow pierced. Right. Now face tattoos. Like a little, like a little ankle thing that has like a heart. It has like your boyfriend's name in it or whatever. Now it's like, oh, I got a face tattoo. <laughs> So, but anyway, this, this kid, he's, he's young. I don't know how young he is. 10, I think. <laughs> 10. <laughs> and his music, whatever. It's his music. It's not about his music. It's really good. He is a master marketer. And all he uses. But he has no idea that he's even doing it. And he's not spending any. I don't think he's advertising. He's spending zero dollars to build this business. The only thing he's probably spending money on is to make the music. Mm-hmm. And so he's got a. Millions of followers. Well, the drugs. Oh, the drugs. You got to get some tank. <laughs> some tank weed. Some tank. Is that <laughs> some, some, something that's what the kids that. say? <laughs> uh, but he's using all of these free channels to build this multi-million-dollar business. Yeah. Which is, he has no website. He doesn't need it. Why would he need a website? And so he sells his music directly to the consumer. He doesn't need a record label. Like, 
and if he tours, he can do it when he wants to because he's already making enough money on, on endorsement and probably like product placement and all the other stuff. He could drive places on like Instagram Live and say, hey, I'm showing up here in 20 minutes. The oh, first yeah. person to give me $10,000, I'll do five songs. Right. And somebody would give him 10 grand. Oh, dude. Like in a second. And it, <laughs> this is all happening. It feels like it's happening slow, but it's actually happening oh, really fast. Yeah, super fast. That these... I mean, you could call him an influencer. His his he's Kim Kardashian, but he has talent, right? So wow, I'm, whoa! I don't know, does he have talent? Oh uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Kim Kardashian does, does have some. She has built-in talent. That's Her body's true. built for talent. But like, when you say like, remember how influence? You'd say like the word influencers, and you get a big eye roll or whatever. Yeah. Like that's what they're doing now. And like, you look at the uh, Kylie Jenner, whoever it was, she built like a four hundred. Was it? Kylie, she Kylie made more money sorta? than Revlon. It's like four hundred million dollars, like yeah. in less than a year. They named another another makeup company that started in nineteen twenty, and it's made as much now as she made oh in goodness. like six months. So it's really about having that audience, and then you can really do whatever you want. It's crazy. Whoever you want to, you know, you want to serve that audience, sell them something, whatever, yeah. you can do it. So. And it was interesting. Gary Vaynerchuk said it on his podcast the other day. He goes, the people who will win are the ones who can hold their breath the longest. Right. So create that value, build that audience for as long as you can do it humanly possible, because mm-hmm. there will always be monetization opportunities mm-hmm. and just, you can turn them on whenever you want. Yeah. Gary, I've been listening to a lot of Gary Vee stuff lately and he's talking a lot about, you know, we're in a rare time right now and this is yeah. going to be going away. Like the world's not going to be this easily accessible and, and almost free to use on platforms as yeah. it is right now. It's going to change eventually. And uh, I agree. It's, it's, it, we're in such a strange spot. And like you said, we're moving so fast. Like everything's progressing. You just sent me that documentary that Elon Musk, that he tweeted out. Oh my uh, goodness. Do you trust this computer? Yeah. Which if anybody, if you haven't, you probably haven't watched it. Do you trust this computer. Do you trust this computer.org? .org is the website. Yeah. And yeah. I think you have to pay for it at the time he tweeted it out. Oh, okay. It's like five bucks. It's worth watching. It'll probably be on Netflix eventually, I'd imagine. But um, I was so, so messed good. up after that. Oh, like, I was. It was like after watching, there's certain uh, Black Mirror episodes that I watched where I was like, yeah. I got to sit down. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go to bed right now because. I mean, we're living through. We're living through some crazy, crazy times. Yeah. And. And one, the one thing that I love about it is that all these rules are being broken. And I hate following rules. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that, like, growing up, you know, if you had a, a parent or an uncle or whatever that's like, no, you've got to go to school, get good grades, get a good job, get your pension, and then retire. And, like, if, for those of us who didn't want to do that, it always felt like, well, I have to do it. So I guess this is what everybody else is doing, and I can't rock the boat, and I can't break the rules. Yeah. And now it's, like, it's kind of like a big screw you to everybody. Yeah. Like it's a big fat middle finger, I think. And, and not even on purpose, I don't think. I mean, the people who created it obviously broke yeah. away from the mold and that's how it got created. But people get on there and I don't, I would imagine most of the time you just start doing something because you, it's fun. And then before you know it, you're like, oh, when did this happen? Like it blew up, right? Because sometimes like six, nine, like I'm pretty sure he didn't manifest, he didn't plan all this yeah he wasn't like master planning well listen these instagram videos this is what i'm gonna, gonna do i'm gonna build a four million person audience and then i'm gonna monetize it with endorsement deals it's just crazy it's crazy it's so cool um i, I don't know i feel like right and this what gary v was also saying it's not to try to talk about a bunch of his stuff but i've been i didn't listen to him very often uh until recently i've been listening yeah. to a lot of what he's talking about 
and we're all people are going to miss the boat like you're going to miss the boat on being able to leave your job and work for yourself and have your own business and i think back to like the late 90s like thinking about like alternative rock and the anger and the angst that was going on yeah it was because and this was like our generation right you're i think a year and a half older 81, than I. So I was born 81 or 81 yeah i was yeah. born in 83 so end of the 90s everybody's real angry they're real fired up that we want to like break the system rage against the machine you know yeah. what i mean and then the internet comes through and a lot of people did take advantage of it but a lot of people still were just like I do want to buck the system. I don't want to do what they tell me to do. Right. I don't know how to do that. I'm not getting on this social network. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not getting on this. I'm not and you, they my, do. They eventually you're not all my do. information though on Facebook. You can't have it, man. <laughs> but I'm going to change the world. Like it's right there at your fingertips right now. It's in your hands. It's in everybody's hands. We all have like the chance to do it. And still, that I was talking about this the other day with somebody. It's it's like back when you didn't have the opportunity to, to have all the information on your phone and you had to do the research or yeah. whatever you had to do, you'd complain about it because it was like, well, how am I going to do that? But now you have it in your hand and you're still like, eh, I don't know yeah. if I feel like it. I feel like I reached the end of the internet the other day. <laughs> and we pretty much watched everything I could watch <laughs> and wasted all the time. Yeah. That's the thing that's, if you would have told me 10 years ago that, that somebody would have been, been making 20 million a year opening toys on YouTube, mm -hmm. you'd think you're out of your mind. Mm -hmm. And that's becoming almost commonplace now where it's not a big deal for say, oh yeah, they, they have a YouTube channel and they, they make this amount of money. Like it's, you don't get as much surprise anymore. Yeah. Like if you think about my son, Jack, He's really in the dude perfect. The the, yeah, the YouTube, trick shots. Right? Trick shots. Which those videos are actually pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's not opening up a package. Those guys are mind-blowing. He doesn't watch do. any TV. <laughs> Zero TV. Nice. He doesn't understand the concept of it not being on demand. Like, not saying, I, I want to watch this, so I'm going to watch it. Instead of saying, no, that's on Tuesday at 8, 9 Central. It's like, no, yeah. on ABC. Except for football. That's the Except only thing for anymore. And pro wrestling, I guess. That's the one that pops in my head, too. Right. Like, yeah, you're right. That's the only TV he watches or maybe live sports. Cause it's the only thing that like wouldn't make sense if it wasn't live. Yeah. And so think about it from that perspective. That generation doesn't even understand what it was like before to wait for shows or to wait for anything. Wait yeah. to get information, wait to go to the library, wait to get an encyclopedia. Yeah. They can carry their TV with them. That's exactly. what I think with Max. Like he's three and a half. He grows up just with a TV in his hand that he can pick whatever he wants to watch anywhere he goes. Yeah. They make YouTube kids. So he loves YouTube kids. So it's like, oh, YouTube, I got to download that, but it doesn't have any, they edit out. Obviously there's, there's no six, nine videos. on there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No trap videos. <laughs> So he watches, and I'll go in there. Yesterday I walk in, I'm making, well, I wasn't making dinner, Nini was, I was doing the dishes. But um, I walk in to see what he's doing, and he's watching a Japanese, um, a Japanese woman open some, like, Play-Doh toys. <laughs> and she's speaking Japanese, and I'm like, buddy, what's she saying? He's like, I don't know. Yeah. She's just talking. <laughs> like... He doesn't doesn't matter what she's even. And I look at her view count. I always I always look at the view counts. Oh yeah, sixteen million views. Oh my gosh. She has like four million followers. I'm thinking like this is she's a millionaire, like a multi millionaire. Because that would be nothing. I mean, is that not when people used to say like oh that's going to be the, the future of TV is going to be these like web shows. I think it will be. Yeah. I think it would be waiting for that next show to come in like you would wait for the next house of cards which isn't happening anymore thanks kevin spacey thanks spacey appreciate it bro um 
so you'd have that thing where like you can get into like really niche subjects. Like he watches that Coyote Peterson, the the wild show where like that dude lets animals bite him and stuff. Did you ever see oh, that? Oh yeah, yeah. And like rattlesnake bites and stuff. And it's really well produced. And so it's on this device, but even devices get blurry, right? Like is this just a small iPad or is an iPad a big iPhone? Like, <laughs> What's the contact whoa. lens that you put on your eye that you That's can watch crazy. TV through that? Right. And so like Fire TV, you can get Netflix on it. And it's like all these things are becoming intermingled. So it's really at that point just about screen size. Yeah. And so whether he watches it on TV or watches it on the phone, he's still watching. He's still not watching ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, all of those things. He's watching no independent idea creators. What they even are. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, YouTube. It's YouTube, Netflix. That's all Max knows. I want to watch YouTube or I want to watch Netflix. And if that's embedded that early. Because why wouldn't it be? We think like, how could that be? No, well, you have to were... wait till the MacGyver episode comes on. <laughs> but they were born with it. Like, it's like they were born with that. That's all they know. It's like us thinking we wouldn't be kids and think like, well, I need to go to the movie theater to watch. Remember TGIF? Remember that? Yeah, TGIF. TGIF was like a special occasion. I remember Friday night. So like peak age, (laughs) peak age for that is like probably like eight or nine. And you'd be like, I get to watch family matters. And then what was the other one? It was, well, it was Full House. I think was uh, it Full House, Family Matters, and there was Urkel. Which step one? by Step was in step there. Step by Step. That was Family well, Matters. That was, was Family Urkel. Matters. And then what was the dinosaur one? Oh, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Yeah. And that dinosaurs, was on after yeah. that. That was a good show. Um, and then if you stayed up later, you could watch Silk Stockings. <laughs> <laughs> hey now. My wife, my wife Marissa was like, "Yeah, I used to watch. Uh, we used to watch Silk Stockings. Like all of us were like teenagers watching Silk Stockings." That was on USA, right? Yeah, because USA, um, Weird Science, the TV oh, show Weird yeah. Science. Pff, man, that was a great part of my childhood. Yeah. Duck Man, Duck Man, Remember Duck Man, and uh, what's the show? Oh, it was Fraggle Rock. No, <laughs> what? what uh, uh, Fraggle Rock. Remember the, remember the big head? Remember the guy with the gigantic head on Nickel on MTV? I think it was just called Head, and he had this. It was Aeon Flux. You ever watch Aeon Flux? Oh, right. And this guy with a giant head. And See, that must be that the show. difference between my that two years may have been the difference, Big difference because I think I would have moved on to more mature shows like Quantum Leap. <laughs> right. <laughs> I never watched Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. Never watched it. We would watch Quantum Leap. We would watch MacGyver, and then we would watch. Uh, yeah, I never watched any of those. Shows. Just the ten of us. Just Remember the that? Ten of Us. Is that what it was called? I think it was called Just the Ten of Us. Oh, okay. And it, the guy was like a basketball coach with like a bald head. And then Charles in Charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, turns out he Perfect was kind strangers. of a creepster. Did you know this? Who? Scott Baio. Uh, Scott Baio. He was, was he? I don't know if it was proven. Uh, My dad looks just like Scott Baio when he was younger. Really? Like almost identical, yeah. But he was apparently accused of like sexual harassment on the... No, he was getting ladies out. But like, think about the theme song. Be well, like, think about today how much he would have been fired. Think about the theme song in terms of him being a creepster. It would be like, Charles in charge of our days and our nights. Oh, right. Charles in charge, like... Of our wrongs and our rights. And you like, have to this say, I, the end of it's like, I want Charles in charge of me. <laughs> Charles in charge of me? So maybe he was a motivational speaker who ended up just... But, who, but possessing wh- but that lyric, like Charles is in charge of me, like oh, it's kind of weird. And the fact that he was like, a how would he Harvey not have Weinstein? been a control freak with a TV show? Imagine the ego of Scott Bayo at some point. Yeah, <laughs> it's all because of me. You're oh, wait. all mine. What was the other one with uh, curly hair? Um, Perfect Strangers. That's well, what, Perfect Strangers was the Falky. my other favorite one. Do you recall on um, Kirk Cameron? 
What was the one Kirk oh, Cameron was on? Kirk Cameron, yeah. That uh, the show that the, I can't think of right now. Okay, we'll come back to that. Growing one. Pains. Growing Pains. Boner, right? It was a kid That's on Growing right. Name. It, why did the kid on Growing Pains, why was his name Boner? Is that the one that's like, now that we got each other? And then the theme song from Purpose Strange is, is my favorite all time. If you want to get pumped up in a workout mm-hmm. and you listen to Standing Tall on the Wings, like, come on, dude. Did you have it on a playlist? It's so would, good. You on. put that on and you think of Cousin Larry mm-hmm. and you just get. Amped. I don't know who Cousin Larry is. is. That from Perfect Strangers. That was him. That was I don't Belky. recall the name. Oh, that was and he's okay. from. Uh, wait, no, that's Borat. Borat <laughs> <laughs> from Kazakhstan. Is yeah, that where he lives? Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. And my the the woman who cleans the house like once every month, I think, is from Kazakhstan. Really? She's from Kazakhstan. Is, is, did you ask her about Borat? I, I should ask her about Borat. She'd probably be really offended because. It was probably a big deal when he went over there. I'd imagine that. they were pretty mad. Totally made fun of, like, the whole... And she's so nice. He totally busted on him. Imagine being Kim Jong-un whenever uh, Team America World Police came out. <sighs> Do you think he had to have seen it? Did Kim... Imagine... You want to get, like, really crazy? Just... I think about this all the time. I, like, have daydreams. It'd be, like, in random places. I'm like, what if... You remember the... the you remember the movie... Uh, Gosh, what was the movie where they time trap? Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, right? Bogus Journey. Bogus Journey. (laughs) Remember when they would like show up with like famous people in history, and they'd be sitting there with them and like hang out with Napoleon. He was actually freaking hilarious and little and angry. Yeah. Imagine if you were sitting with Kim Jong Un, like he just all of a sudden was teleported and he was sitting next to you. Like, would he freak out? Like, you're sitting next to this dude. Like, would, would he lose his mind? Would he lose his mind? And like, would you have, would you like, would he be like here in our office and then like tonight, like have him have dinner and be like, what do you want to order? Like, yeah. What would you, what does he do on a day to day basis? I mean, the closest thing we have to like Korean food would be like Panda Express. And I'm not sure he'd be in the Panda Express, you know, like he might be, have a little higher taste. Yeah. I imagine. Um, maybe, I mean, because he seemed rather Americanized himself. Maybe he wanted like, maybe some he'd be fast cool food. with that. Maybe he wanted like some McDonald's or get me some Burger King. It would be way different if we were teleported to North Korea. <laughs> it's like the total opposite. But like, I wonder, I often think about that with, with people like in high positions. Like, politics or not, it feels like right now at this point in George Bush's history, you could sit down and have a beer with him and it would be freaking hilarious. Oh, yeah. He's probably awesome. G dubs. He's probably real relaxed. Dodgy. Is that my daughter? <laughs> yeah. He's probably super chill and he paints all day and you just sit there and have a beer, like maybe even sw- sip some sweet tea, like on a porch in Georgia. You oh, know what yeah, I mean? For like, sure. wouldn't you want to do that? And like yeah. Barbara comes out. I imagine he smokes a pipe. Oh, wait, no. His wife, what's his wife's name? Is it Bar? No, Barbara's his mom. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. Eleanor. I have no idea. <laughs> sounds like a <laughs> real presidential. presidential name. I don't think I could. Like, Maybe you could hang out with Trump, but I feel like you wouldn't really get a word in. Like, I feel like it would just be like, as soon as you get here, he'd tell you what we're eating for dinner. And like, or he just shuts off. I wonder if he goes home and just like turns it off. He's like, I'm exhausted. My question always is, and I, this is from being a little kid. And this is one of the reasons I want to be successful because I always wonder what do successful people do on a day-to-day basis? Because whenever you're a kid, think about like rock stars. I was just thinking about this the other day. I was like, when I was a kid, I thought of like, we would always talk about the ultimate warrior, right? The wrestler. I always thought like if the warrior wrestled, finished the match, 
sprinted out of the arena, ran to the next arena to wrestle again. Like he didn't do any. He lifted weights. He wasn't a normal was person. Rock stars, they're just like on stage, get off stage, party hard, get a bunch of. Or chicks. like Michael Jackson, he goes to back to his hyperbaric chamber with his monkey and goes to sleep. Oh well, yeah, that too. Exactly. Yeah. Or like Elon Musk probably lives in right. some sort of time. Well, portal. he is right now. Did you read the article? Elon Musk is actually right now sleeping on the floor of the Tesla factory because they're trying to test like this new car design. Mm-hmm. If you type in uh, Elon Musk sleeping on the floor in Google, you're going to get the article. <laughs> I haven't read it yet, but I just heard it. That's awesome. So that's I, what he's doing. But I just like to know, like, what do they do on a day to day basis? Because when you think about your day to day life, really pretty boring. You know, like, I think that's what a percentage. Think about, like, I often think about put yourself in either Trump's position, Obama's position, Bush's position. The first day you wake up, you go in, and I'm talking like you do the same things you ever do. You go in, you look at yourself, you're like, oh, there's bags under eyes. I must not slept very well. You brush your teeth. You, I don't know, you take a dump. I don't know what you do, right? But usually dump like two hours after I get up. Okay, so you do all that stuff. And then you walk out the bathroom or you take a shower or whatever you get. And then it's like, oh, snap. I'm the, pre- I'm the president. I'm the president. There's literally nobody higher <laughs> than me right now. And then I think about, so it goes, you know, during the day, I'm sure there's meetings involved. But then I think about when they go to sleep at night. Especially like, let's say you were, you were, you just got back from a place where like all these people were protesting yeah. and like super mad at you. And you lay down and you're just like. Like, what are you thinking about? How does it not completely affect your entire life? Like, how do you sleep at night? How would you ever sleep? Because half the country's always mad at you. You'd have to, like... Yeah. you got to have iron will. I don't know how you would not... You have to care. I don't know how you wouldn't care. I think it's... You You have to have enough people around you that you trust to make decisions because there's no way you can make all those decisions. Mm-hmm. No, and you have to not... It would be very... Like, I can't imagine Trump looking at social media... Without getting completely enraged, yeah. Unless he just looks at the good stuff somehow, he uh, he might have the perspective. Perspectives are weird because, like, it seems with him, he only he sees what he wants to see, right? Right. So he probably only sees what he wants to see, right? And the other stuff is like, have you seen that Black Mirror episode where the soldier, they're they're soldiers in the future and they are killing these uh, monsters. These monsters have like these weird faces. I I didn't get through that. I almost got through the first five minutes. Of it. I'm gonna. Sp- I'm gonna it's okay. I'm gonna spoil it. It's amazing. It's an amazing. Watch it anyways. It's amazing. Um, but it turns out that the government, when he joined the army, they implant you with a. Of course, every black mirror has some sort of implant. Yeah. But they implant you with this technology that blurs the faces of the people you're supposed to kill oh, snap. so they're just regular humans but you think they're monsters right so he's there he's killing these people but then his uh, equipment starts to malfunction so he sees like they're, they're real people regular people going no like screaming dude so does trump <laughs> this is off course a little bit i guess but trump probably he sees everybody hears, as little monsters he hears when somebody's like you piece of garbage he's they're like oh trump i love you so much you're the greatest i thing think you'd you have to, you would go crazy like right? i don't like like if if Somebody like if there's a waitress at a restaurant that I think might be mad at me because I didn't leave her a big enough tip, like it drives me insane. <laughs> right? So that's one. Can you imagine like millions of people all over the world either liking you or absolutely hating you, like wanting you to die, you are wanting to die? That's what I think. Like if you truly want to be president, you have to be crazy. You got to be a psychopath. Yeah. Like what or would possess somebody to put yourself in that position? Either you could. I mean, the best situation would be like your Buddha. Right, but then you'd never want to be president. Then you, 
So in Amish society, I found this interesting. In the Amish, like the pastors of churches and like the leaders of the community, if you try to be one, you never will be. They'll select somebody oh, who they really? feel is a good person, and then they have to be it because everybody's like, hey, you're the person for this Really? Job. And that would be the way to do it. Well, but then the other thing is, and you hear this on Joe Rogan's podcast all the time, like, why do we have one person in charge? It's, it's nuts. Like, well, it feels really kind of outdated. But you really don't, right? There's a lot of people behind Right, the there's scenes. like a figurehead. But they, you know, there's a lot of like presidential things that they can do, like the executive orders. The like button. They, yeah, the, oh, the button. Like carrying the football, you know, they call it the nuclear football, the briefcase. Oh, really? That's what they call it. <laughs> and like at any point, you can just type in those nuclear codes. Um, what were we saying? We were talking about. Uh, uh, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, where were you? Well, we were talking about the fact that, you know, oh, crap. Well, how did I lose it too? Where I lost it. Totally lost. But that's it. It's, it you have to be crazy. <clears throat> Isn't to that weird how that fast job. you can forget what you're talking about? Right. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, because you know what the thing is? There's so much to talk about within this topic. Because even while we're talking, I'm like, well, we could talk about. We could talk about Putin now. He's like, first, and then we talk about the the. I went through a whole pencil. The guy from China, uh, Z, uh, I forget his name, Ping or uh, his last name. He's now president forever. That's they not changed, good. They changed the rules. That's not good. And literally now he's president like in perpetuity until he dies, <laughs> which is like, that's bonkers. Yeah, that's not good. But what's interesting about like leaders and stuff now? I think. You think it's gonna fall apart? Because China is stopping it. They're doing their best. This whole Syria thing. And like, I, we were out in Colorado when we got the the Twitter message about Trump bombing Syria. And it was like, well, if he bombs Syria and Russia's like best friends with Assad, and then one of our missiles hits a Russian soldier, it's game over. And we will have robot drones in your neighborhood. Uh, Can you imagine that? Do we have any idea? We've... It's going to, okay. Um, we're like, gonna really go, imagine that. We're going back to the documentary, right? Yeah. This, uh, the, do you trust this computer? Because when you have the, the brightest, I mean, Elon Musk is in the documentary, and many other people who are incredibly intelligent, when they're telling you these things and they're saying, you know, we've opened, we can't close it. It's inevitable. Like, it's inevitable that the autonomous machines are eventually going to be able to do whatever they want. Yeah. Unless we put the brakes on hard, real hard. So at the end of it, he says, well, you're, we're going to have to interface with them. We're going to have to put... So I always think, like, how is it going to come to the point when you're putting a chip in your body to be superhuman? Why would you do it? And then it's like, well, you, when you have to. When, like, we have to do it because the machines are super intelligent. Right. And, so if you want to, like, get into oh. in the Disney world, you need to have a chip. Be like, people with the chip go... It's like, be like easy pass. Be like, non-chip people go in this lane, and it's, like, 400 people long, and then you yeah. have a chip, you can walk right in. Yeah, it's you're like going to get pass. a chip. But the, it's crazy. But, like... And it might sound... Even talking about it sounds far-fetched. And it's like, well, it's... And because I think sci-fi movies have made it seem like a fantasy for so long that now it's becoming a reality where like oh please well here's the thing we we're not going to create the technology that really takes ai to the next level ai is going to take create that t- technology cuz so when you create it gets so like meta right cuz you're like okay well if we are we not then like creating our own like omniscient god that's now going to eventually control us like this crazy like the way that it works, and I have a friend Anthony who actually um, 
who actually studied this in college, like artificial intelligence systems. Cool. And he said, your partner, Anthony? Uh, no, it was oh. another guy. Uh, and he said, I said, so look, I under, if you understand basic program, you realize it's mostly logic. If, if this, then do that. Like it's really all it is. But he said, it's not that it's literally creating neural networks that act like our brain. Like our brain doesn't know anything when it's, until they start to connect, it's there. The pathways connect. Then it starts to connect on its own. Like right. there's no external it's input. What computers do. We're not being plugged in. It literally is doing it on its own. So if we, if we're creating the DNA of AI, these these things that can eventually grow, these organ, it's essentially like an organism. Yeah. That then develops on its own. Then it will say, well, just like we do, we say. Uh, now we can do it internally and say, okay, my weight, I'd like to change my weight. So my brain, the computer is going to say, okay, what do, what are the things I need to do to get there? What's scary is if you said, if you have a thought that says, I need to make more money, we would say as a human, we would take multiple things into consideration, not just, I need to make my money, but the ethics, the morals, the values. So you go out there and say, I want to sell, right. I want to sell, uh, I'm going to sell little cotton scarves for babies. The AI may say, I'm going to go in a bank and destroy no. it, kill it, kill everybody in there. <laughs> Think about it. It's the I same. I need the money. I uh, need, yeah. It needs to get money, so it only understands one objective. Yeah. And so when it creates these objectives, it doesn't have what we have, which is these like innate things that we were... But in that with. documentary, they also did show that there were... That lady created emotion. That it kept, the, the computer could pick up on facial emotion. Right. And recognize, so it could understand emotions. That doesn't mean it necessarily is emotional, but it can understand them. And would that create empathy or just, then it would just, well, manip- now it, it knows just how manipulate to, us. It would, now it knows how to manipulate us. <laughs> it wouldn't even have to do anything really to us. Because well, the one thing like, I got out of that was like, us. he said, humans are really simple. It's stimulus oh, yeah. and response. And if we get the right stimulus, it'll get the right response. Yeah. So if it knows, it's just like the whole Facebook, Cambridge Analytica stuff. They put out the app that was a personality test, which is really just a disguise to get advertising data. Yeah. So, but it, it is also a personality test. And then they took that data and then manipulated masses with specific fake news. Right. So on a giant level, if it learns the deepest, like the, these, like these like primitive desires and it's able to manipulate that, like think about what it could do. It would be, we wouldn't even realize that we were finished. That's how yeah. fast I think it will. And hopefully if it does happen that way, it happens like that where it's like, we didn't even realize what was going on. It happened also because it would happen so quickly because well, the yeah. technology they're advancing. If they can think like that one, uh, the computer that beat those guys at go, yeah. at the, the game go, like they couldn't even keep up with it because it just moved so quickly and learned so quickly. So if it wants to eradicate humanity, it could do it in a heartbeat, probably. The one thing that we were listening to that Duncan, Tr- Duncan Trussell podcast the other day, and he said, imagine when AI creates a character, creates a person online that only exists online. So he creates an inf- Instagram profile, we'll name him Danny. Yeah. And he's like, and over years, Danny is farmed, meaning like the so you know, like putting images that look like Danny's real conversations, comments back and forth, create so that when you look at Danny's profile, you'd be like, Oh yeah, he's legit, he's not a bot. Yeah. And he goes, and then you become friends with Danny, like on Instagram, and then you start exchanging direct messages with Danny and like he just gains your trust and now you're like kind of good friends with Danny. <laughs> and then Danny's like, Hey, so you know, what do you think of Toyotas? What do you think of that new Toyota Tercel? 
Trussell, he's, he's been around since the 90s. What do you think of that, that, you know, that, uh, that new Tesla Model S? Mm. Because Danny actually is an AI advertising robot. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. I just think about it. But then Danny could be manipulated and be like, so what do you think of, uh, what do you think of, uh, of legalizing uh, of meth? What do you think about that? And then all of a sudden meth gets legalized or some crazy thing. Like, yeah. like because it's able to manipulate public opinion. Yeah. That's even scarier. And the best part is, but the best part is we won't know. I, I often we think won't know. ignorance is bliss. You know, when, when you look at somebody and you're like, man, they don't know what's going on. They're lucky. It's better. They're almost lucky they don't know what's going on. So it's us you that don't are know woke? What you don't Does that know. mean we're woke? I think we're, we're, woke. we're too woke. Yeah. Once you're too woke. I, I look at it like this. If you're going to be woke, to, for lack of a better term, then you need to make a lot of money. <laughs> so that you're what? so listen so then you, you can not to be like not, oh so you can buy like a compound and so like a bomb shelter so you can be you gotta connect with the right people and you need to make enough money to where you're safe because if you're if you're aware of what's going on and you see it coming wait you're talking about like prepping because we can get yeah, like some a, doomsday stuff yeah so you're talking about like buying food supplies and stuff like bomb that shelters, well that's yeah. where you take it to the all out extreme <laughs> when you're like super woke and all of it, like all you listen to are like conspiracy podcasts and stuff oh, yeah. and then you start buying beans like I actually have a they never book. Go bad. I actually have a book here by Joel Skousen. Skeleton. It, it's Joel Skousen. Oh, okay. He's like, uh, he's probably lives in a trailer in the de- in the like in the Nevada desert near Area Fifty One, and it's like this small little book that's like everything you needed to survive like a crazy like world war or like some crazy thing. And he's talking about like the different States to live in, how You've to guard 400 times, <laughs> like all the different supplies that you need. Uh, yeah. And that's when I was listening to that stuff, like way too much. You get out of control. Well, this has been my entire life. And I, I've never said this on the podcast. I don't think this is a funny story. Like Terminator two, number one. Okay. Terminator yeah. two came out, changed my life. Favorite movie. And because I had guns and roses song, you could be mine. Well, yeah. And, the and Schwarzenegger scene. was in it. It was just a, James Cameron just the combination yeah. of so many things um, and then I remember being in like 6th grade and I we were in Florida at the beach and I watched a, a documentary about um, Nostradamus and it like scared the bejesus out of really? me I was scared for days it was about, it was about like the atomic bomb it was about the atomic bomb and uh. Nostradamus in like 1999 or I forget what year the world was going to end or whatever and I was so scared and uh I might have been younger. I might have been like fourth or fifth grade. But that has shaped most of my life where I think a lot about like, well, if if things happened and like who would I be connected with that I would go meet up with? Oh, I and think like, about that all the time. Like, And it can like paralyze your entire life. When I was a kid, it did. Anymore, it's like, well, But I'm fascinated whatever. with those movies. I always yeah. like End of the World. You know why? And this is where I've thought about this a lot. I think the reason why I get I'm so obsessed with end of the world movies is because I always feel like there's never any need to to keep going and moving and creating and doing these things. And sometimes it's until like, you create Skynet and it destroys right, everybody. Exactly. And then you get really t- you get tired after a while because you burn yourself. Like you said, you could get too obsessed and you burn yourself out. Why I'm obsessed with end of the world movies is because it, it's it an event happens that makes everybody stop at the same time. Yeah. So Everything it's this weird changes. thing where like maybe if I'm working, my competitor's outworking me or something like that. But um, if everybody stops at the same time and we're all not distracted by anything else but survival and coming together to help each other, that's where it's like, that's where the real, 
that's like the real thing right there. That yeah. has no, like there's no such thing as money or any of that thing anymore. It's just about humans getting together and surviving. Yeah. Um, but that's what I think is just so crazy that you could look, like if you look at, I always look out like my front window and I'm like, what if we had Russian tanks driving up? <laughs> Seriously. Like we have no idea. Well, you have a turnaround here. So you probably wouldn't a have a tank Russian wouldn't tanks. be able to get around. Yeah, It wouldn't make any sense. Um, what was the movie where they actually, that actually did happen? Did I don't know. I was I don't know, but I was gonna say I often think of this because I live on Logan Boulevard in Altoona. It's a four yeah. lane road. It's a major like for for Altoona. It's basically the main road through yeah. the town. And I think of World War. I was obsessed with the Holocaust for a while and World War Two Germany. I took a class in college about it and it like blew my mind. But just imagine like like you're saying tanks, like thousands of soldiers marching through your streets. That's what happened. And you were completely powerless. Would, you would like what would you do? Like, I I. I read the reports of the stories or watch the documentaries and I think like, ah, I'd be tough, man. I, I wouldn't let him come into my house. Yeah, right. It would, what would you do? You can't you do kids anything. kids and like, oh, there's, there's, it's wild. It's a wild situation that, yeah, if you think about how it would go down, you'd I feel powerless. You know? Can you yeah. imagine, I was saying this the other day, I was like, can you imagine if there was a war and there was a draft now? <laughs> And then all the soldiers, Six, like some of the millennials, so I'm an old millennial, so I can make fun of millennials. Millennials gonna be like, "What's the?" Uh, they're in the aircraft carrier. They're like, "What's the Wi-Fi password?" I need to. I need to get on my iPhone. Be like, dude. Like, do you guys have Spotify here streaming? Or like, uh, do you have Chick Fil A? Like, when are we getting in? And we, can we stop for In and Out? Yeah. Like, think about that. Yeah. We are not the grandparents' Prepared. generation. <laughs> That's what I think too. What skills would I have? If it comes down, like, my radio skills aren't going to pay There'd be off. a lot of selfies taken. A lot of selfies taken. What if all the networks are down? You can't even take a selfie. You just look in a mirror now. You hold up a mirror and stare at it and pretend you're taking a selfie. That would be crazy. Because we have no <laughs> idea what it's like. We've never experienced anything like that. And there are people alive who, like, if you were li- living in France during that time, like, and getting invaded, like, in Poland. And your whole city was blown up. Like yeah, or Japan, or Hiroshima, like, all those places. Like, we have no clue. We're really wimpy in a way. Oh, yeah. Like, we have no... We're, like, ready to just be attacked. Well, really. you know <laughs> when I got, so we got a taste primed. of it? Was when uh, we were in Hoboken, at the, when Hurricane Sandy came in. And it was, it was that night before... All the kids were sleep. Two, uh, we had Maddie and Audrey at the time. There, and Audrey Maddie was a newborn. And Jack. What's that? Maddie and Jack. Oh, Maddie and Jack. Right. Maddie was a newborn. <laughs> right. I can't even remember my kids' names. So Maddie was. They were both sleeping. It's a big deal to wake kids up. If you have kids, you know what I mean. You don't right. just wake them up. You're never. Yeah. You're waking up zombies. <laughs> a killer zombies. So, my cousin's like, "Hey, you guys should just come out here." He lived out in suburban Jersey. He's like, "You guys should come out here." And we're like, ah, "Should we wake up the kids?" So I'm like, I, something in me was said, because I was in the grocery store that day, and a lot, a lot of the groceries were gone. Usually in that case, they're like, the shelves are clean. I'm like, people don't take this one seriously. Because there was one before that that people didn't, that people did take seriously, ended up being a fluke. Yeah. So I said, I made an executive cost of we're, we're going to my cousin's. So that night, we were at, a cousin, at my cousin's house, and it just got insane. Like... We went out with helmets on. No, we didn't have helmets. We should have had helmets on. <laughs> Full football. I said, we should go out and do the storm. Uh, with, with, we had flashlights. And they were trees falling down, like just cr- like absolute insanity. Well, So the next day, we look on the news, and Hoboken was completely underwater. 
our building was on CNN. Every car in our building was total because it lived in an apartment. Every car, car in Hoboken was total. And so no food. Every car in Hoboken was total. Every single one. Like wow. they, they were just floating. Yeah. And. That's so crazy. It was when we were at my cousin's, we had no food, really. I mean, because the, the refrigerator was, was going to go out. We had no heat, no electricity, nothing. So we were cooking on a gas grill. And FEMA came around. Now, we had left, but Nick said because he was still Wi-Fi? there. Did you have Wi-Fi? No. Oh. We, had, we had cell service, had, I think. Yeah, we would have had cell service. You could get on Instagram, service. though. I could, yeah, I could okay. take cell service. Or Snapchat or whatever. That's good. So... But when FEMA came around, and they were, we, we didn't even have a generator. So we had to borrow a neighbor's generator. And generators at that point, when it gets that crazy, are like priceless. Yeah. Then there were gas lines. My friend Justin was in a gas line, and he said the police had to come because it started getting out of hand because people weren't getting gas. Like, it falls apart real fast. Real fast. Like, we're teetering. We're just teetering on it all falling apart. Didn't they say that there was, <laughs> there was a certain amount of days that – if there's no food supply that it turns into chaos. I forget what the amount of days is. It's oh, like yeah. maybe four or five days and then it turns crazy. But every, every person, I think, I always think about every person that always talks about gas prices. Imagine how they're going to lose their minds when you can't get any gas. Because their, their yeah. world revolves around gas. It's like we live our life. It's gas, man. And it's just it's everything you think about. <laughs> and I, I don't know. It's not even worth thinking about because I guess to to like prepare for in some sort of way. But if you think about it all the time, I'm just going to lose my mind. But why, I, am I, why are we so weird? Like when I meet someone new, when I meet a new person, part of how I judge them is be like, would well, this type of person, if the world ended and I was hanging off a cliff, would they, would they be like, nah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah. Or would they actually give me the, give me a hand? You know but what I mean? Like what a, kind of person? That's really taking their relationship extremely <laughs> far. <laughs> hey, this is Bob. This is my husband. This is my my wife, Sally. He'd be like, Sally. And you're just staring her in the eye. Like, if there were an AI apocalypse, <laughs> would you, and you had a, a Snickers bar that would feed my child, would you give the child a Snickers bar? And you don't say any of this, but you're thinking this whole thinking entire this conversation whole while you're staring her in the eye, trying to remember her name. Yeah. You're like, I don't know what her name is. It's called Zerbyland. Marissa calls it, it Zerbyland. When you're just gazing off. Yeah, and- like when she, I'll be in the car and she'll be talking to me and I'll go, uh, what? <laughs> and and what go, are you, you thinking about? Well, I was basically thinking about the van that's in front of me that a, uh, a bunch of Turkish terrorists just busted out of the oh, van, okay. busted right. the doors open <laughs> and had a rocket launcher and were just about to go like under the car. So like the car jumps up in the air. Oh, like, the rocket shoots under the car, under the and, car. Sh- and launches how, it. it. Like, it launches, because that's how you have to do it. Why, so, would you, why would you shoot the rocket at the car? That's true. Why would that... <laughs> but I want it to be like a movie where the, oh, okay, and, like, right. the car okay, yeah. goes like up in the air. But like that's pretty much like 99% of my day is like, <laughs> is, like daydreaming scenarios. Like uh, if I'm in a public place, I'm always like, it's kind of woke in a way. I'm always looking for like totally how right. would I respond in an active shooter situation? Like if somebody's well, that's what Nene, right my wife does. That's how she lives her life. Always thinking about situations where she would have to save somebody's life. Really? Because she wants to, she loves being a nurse, so she's excited. She's like excited for something bad to happen. Oh, that's so she interesting. She can come in and save the day. So she would she'd be into that. She'd be like right. Oh, on the she'd seat. be right there. 
she might even cause it to happen. I just <laughs> those things. Oh jeez, those things. It's those things that they'll happen when you're not expecting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like the with these shooter things, I couldn't even imagine. Can you imagine being in a room or being at a concert and all of a sudden gunshots start ringing out? Like, and then somebody besides you gets shot. Right. I think, and this is what I think I would do. Drop right to the ground. I would just drop straight to the ground. I think so. I mean, it seemed like the best move. No, don't scramble and scream and run. I feel like I'd get really annoyed with Marissa. Because she'd be like screaming and, and you'd like... You'd be throwing people out of the way. Yeah. George Costanza style. I don't... There's no reason to scream. And that, like... What's it going to do? I get in like super focused... Like in any type of situation like that. Like I get you're in like ready to rock. I was telling the story the other day. Did I ever tell you... The, I told you the drunk guy story where he hit us. Uh... He, this is, this was like one of those situations where you're never prepared for. We were, it was Jack and Maddie and I and Marissa, and we were driving to, uh, back from Thanksgiving dinner, and we're driving down 80, going about 80 miles, 75, 75 miles hey. an hour, not 80. You get 10 over. They get okay, 10, 10 over. over. Okay, so we're driving 79. All right. All of a sudden, boom, and the back, the back left tire, we get smashed. Now, it didn't, it didn't take us off course, or we didn't, you know, spin around. It hit us just, Hard enough to be like, oh my god, goodness, what just happened? Yeah. So we look over and we see this guy in like a white SUV, and we're like, okay, I guess now we have to pull over and get the insurance stuff done, taken care of. He just takes off, floors it down eighty, and Marissa's like, she turns into uh, she turns into like Nick Nolte. I don't know why Nick Nolte came <laughs> Nick to mind. Another forty eight hours. Wait, was he another forty eight hours? Was that? Uh, I think that was forty eight hours. It was, like, it was like Bruce. She turns into like Eddie Murphy. She's like, get up. Jason, what, what big movie was Nick Nolte in? What is Nick Nolte's movie? Nick Nolte is an awesome '90s movie star. Yeah. What happened to Nick Nolte? Tell me the story. I'm gonna, okay. I want to look it up while you're. I'm, okay. I'm curious. So, so we're driving. So we, f- I floor it, and at this point, it's so it's so dumb. There's kids in the car, and I'm going like 85 <laughs> or whatever. And so, I don't know what drove us to want to follow this guy. So he gets off the exit. To get his license plate, I guess, right? That's right. Yeah. We were trying to get his license plate because then well, here's here's the reason why we went fast. We saw him swerving around, and I didn't think he hit any other cars. He was clearly swerving in and out of lane, so he would have killed somebody. Yeah. So we were trying to get his license plate so we could call the cops. He gets off an exit, and we think, okay, now he's off the exit. He's 48 probably, hours. It was 48 hours. Another 48 hours. Yep. That's awesome. There you go. So he gets off the exit, and we think, okay, well, now we're just going to talk to this guy. He bashes. He gets off the exit, bashes over the median, uh, and pulls into this restaurant that literally the sign said restaurant. Like It had black and white letters on I the outside. I love that place. It just yeah. said restaurant. Good food. It's great. Restaurant food. So he pulls in, and Marissa, again, Nick Nolte, she's like, pull him behind him so he doesn't back out. And I'm like, geez, where are you learning all this? Are you learning the FBI? So they pull behind him, and I get out, and I'm like, I'm about to get into my first fight, and it's going to be awesome because this person tried to kill my family. Right. And I have a good reason to get into a fight. Obviously, they're out of their minds, and you're stepping into a bad situation. I'm stepping out having no idea what I'm about to encounter. And I can just picture my mom thinking like you've always dreamed of this like nini doing bad things like she wants something bad happens so she can it's have i've you. always wanted she said when i was little i used to get the yellow pa- or the white pages out and say mom you think if i call this person they would fight me if i asked them to <laughs> 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 i 
It's so stupid. It's like I've never been into a fight. I don't ever actually want to be in a fight. Never once been into a fight. But secretly, I think I do. But you want. But I'm the same way. You like want to secret, and it has to be a good reason. It has oh, to be yeah. like a Braveheart type yeah. reason, like a Nick Nolte reason, like a like Nick Nolte, yeah, like Bruce Willis re- reason, like a get off my plane kind of Harrison Ford, right? You know, or give me back my son, Liam Nielsen. Right. Is that the what does he say? The give me back my son. Yeah. <laughs> so I get out of the car and. I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm going to get in a fight. I look in the car, and it's this giant dude. He was giant. And when I mean giant, like like, uh, like family guy, like the guy oh, from okay. Family Guy. Giant. Peter Griffin. Peter Griffin, giant. And so I said, I'd like to think in my head, I said, hey, man, what are you doing? But in reality, my voice gets really high. So I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like Jerry Seinfeld yelling at somebody. So we're about three feet behind him. He backs out, smashes into our car again. What? And this point, I, I'm like, okay, I have to get in. I don't know what to do. So I open the door, and I look in, and he has his seatbelt on, and he does it again while I have the door open. Smashes into our car. This isn't. How have I never heard this story? I never told you this. No. Smashes into our car. I lean in screaming at him because he's so big i'm like there's no way i can rip this guy out and he has yeah. a seatbelt on there's no way i can get him out of there and it's not like i didn't feel a need to like punch him he was out of his mind looking straight forward going <laughs> like mumbling stuff so i'm like okay some something's wrong with this dude whoa and so like on drugs or what well i leaned in and smelled alcohol like li- like hard liquor and he was out of his mind and then I screamed to these two truck drivers that were across the way, and they must have thought it was like a road rage thing. It's like, yeah, right, buddy, we're not helping you. I'm like, yo, truck drivers, you're giant truck drivers. You can help me lift Peter Griffin out of this car, <laughs> drunk Peter Griffin out of the car. And so Marissa's on the phone with 911, and they say, let him go, let him go. And I felt like, I can't just let him go. So I got back in the car, back Nick Nolte, you can't let him go. I can't. And so he think I think he hit us again and then peeled out. And the cop got him a ways down the road. And uh, it turns out I talked to the cop because the cop called me. And he said he, he, they took him down to the station. He tried to escape the police car. So he tried to run out of the police car. And then he was in the police station and tried to run out of the police station. He was on like, on like a gurney. And tried to escape. Like bath salts or something. Some kind of crazy thing. And I like Googled, uh, Facebook stalked him and everything. And his son plays lacrosse. He's like... It seems like he has a nice family. I don't know how he got to that point in his life. Wow. I didn't press any charges just because it didn't seem like it was violent. He was out of his mind. Maybe he, had, he went into diabetic shock. I don't know. Um, and so we ended up paying for that, but then we got a rental car after that, and then a rental car was hit and run like a week later, so we had to pay <laughs> two, dedu- <laughs> two deductibles. But that's the thing. It's like you don't know how you're going to react in that situation, but I'm pretty happy that I didn't like – pretty impressive I, i'm pretty happy i didn't pull george costanza and push everybody out of the way and run away yeah i, I mean i never would have followed I mean, honestly i never would have followed that guy i never, never would have followed him and maybe off the maybe to the exit and he would have yeah. the exit and been like yeah, yeah i'm good i'm gonna it's worth it <laughs> that's true i don't know what compelled us to want to follow him. but my i don't know what nini would do she would be one or the other but i'd like to think because i'm very passive aggressive and somebody really has to make me angry for me to like do something. Yeah. To a fault, really. It's not a yeah. good thing. 
like I should really be a little more aggressive than I am. Well, think about it. If someone tried to like steal Max like at the mall or something, right. then that you're in a be, different mode. Yeah. Then, then you, you're like, in like a, protection a, mode. I would imagine that switch flips all of a sudden. I can and imagine. You just don't even realize you're a new person. Yeah. Like this person you didn't know existed. Yeah. But when it comes to that kind of stuff, I, I don't know. I think I would have let him go, but it's amazing that you guys followed him. It's amazing Marissa, who's so careful, car. was like, follow him now. Yeah. Yeah, Nick Nordy. And he was just twitching out. Like, what if he would have walked up and he would have poured a gun? I know. Like, I was, that's I'll, what I'd be thinking. Almost expecting it was, if it was someone my age that there's going to be some problems. If it was someone, you know, I didn't know. It could have been, I thought it could have been a group of people. Especially if they were that drunk, it could have been like a super drunk. Yeah, what if it was a dudes. group full of dudes? Yeah. And that's exactly what I would have thought. Like, but you know what? It's like if you're gonna it. go, out, if you're gonna go out, it would be pretty awesome to go out like protecting your family from a drunk driver, like chasing him off the road. Yeah. Then it would be monolithic, like he called me. Like then yeah, it would there'd be a statue erected at that restaurant. Restaurant, <laughs> and it would say, "Here lies Jack Zerby, the great, who died for his family." Yeah. Uh, yeah, and got beat up by a bunch of uh, I don't know frat frat guys or something that were wasted. <laughs> Coming back from a lit party. Yeah, totally lit Thanksgiving party. Well, now that we got there. I took a real... (laughs) See, this is what I said to you. I said, if we get on this podcast, we can talk about all the things that everybody gets annoyed with us if we talk about it at Thanksgiving dinner. Right, and you never get a chance to talk about. If I just lob like... I mean, you could lob any word out there. Like if you lob Bitcoin out there, you lob uh, cryotherapy or bulletproof coffee Mm. or, you know... diapers. Diapers? I don't know. I'm just throwing random words out like there. Like adult diapers? Yeah, well, we don't be. have to go that way. Um, I often think I would wear adult diapers if it was socially acceptable on long trips. I really wouldn't have an issue with it. But then I also true. think that I pee an excessive amount, and I feel like I couldn't imagine the adult diaper containing all of the pee that I have. What about like a catheter where you could just like keep it in like a, like a fanny pack? If I had to reinsert and insert, probably oh, not. That's right. But if they invented some way for me to not do that... Totally would do it. Like you could just plug it in, and yeah. Just wear it like a fanny pack. It was like a, <laughs> it's like a, a suction cup almost. Yeah. And just it's there. Like re- can, uh, I don't know. That could be done somehow. I would do it if like I could put it on my arm and it would pull the pee work. out of your it arm. <laughs> <laughs> it goes right into I'm not your bladder. Anything on that? Like, have you ever yeah, got the piece have you ever my forearm? A catheter before? I don't think no, I ever have. No, I, it scares me so much. I've had the Q-tip, which was scary enough. The, the cotton swab, which was not fun. Oh, jeez. That was terrifying. It's terrifying. I, very uncomfortable just to think about it. Um, so, yeah. T- about podcasting. I was just talking to somebody else about this on the podcast, ironically. Uh, podcasting is awesome because we would never have this conversation, number one. You'd have kids running around. We were at yeah. what, what, the Easter dinner, and you're like, I just want to have an adult conversation every once in a while. Without being interrupted every four, every four seconds. And that's what podcasting allows you to do. You can have full-length conversations with people without checking phones, without interruptions, and it's like people have to leave you alone. It's like, I'm recording a podcast. Like, I feel like sometimes, I feel like a street preacher sometimes where I like, Someone says one word, like if they start saying like Bitcoin or something, I'm like, you want to hear about Bitcoin? I'll tell you about Bitcoin. Let me spread the good news of Bitcoin. And I know that I'm being annoying right. and I, and I know they're not interested and they like giving me like the, 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 uh, yep. You ever been yep slapped before? Yep. Oh yeah. They go, yep, 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 yep. You want to do it? No. Okay. So, um, <laughs> you want to buy some Bitcoin? Yep. <laughs> you want to buy some Bitcoin? No. And 
And I know that I'm doing it. I know they're not interested, but I almost just like want to get it out because nobody will listen yeah. to me. Well, with when that. You say like you're at the dining room table talking to your kids about Bitcoin, like they're going to care. And someone will ask me like, uh, like an innocent question. Like we were, so we were in Colorado, um, were you? this past week. <laughs> I went there to hike. It was a meme. I, got, I said, we went up really high. I went to Colorado to hike. <laughs> In quotes. Right. And so there was a bunch of guys there, and uh, one of them asked me about eating avocados. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you want to hear about avocado? Well, it's actually what about- What did he ask you about eating avocado? He's like, I've never eaten a uh, avocado just raw like that. Like, I would cut it and eat it with a piece of sausage oh, so or whatever. Good. And uh, I said, yeah, well, it's really about you know ketogenic diet and fats, and oh, actually boy. you want to get off of glucose storage and actually want to start burning fat instead of glucose. And I have this like, book and in my I'm bag. <laughs> Yeah. Have you ever thought about maybe uh, coming out to my avocado gathering? Uh, it's, it's really a great time. Have you tried uh, CrossFit at all? Because it's awesome. And there's like, yeah, there's like a uh, kid's babysitter place that you can bring your kids in. We talk about avocados all the time. But you know Have you ever? Th- and, and so. I eat avocado with a spoon right out of the avocado. Yeah. And if you do, and then he's like, oh, where'd you get that sausage? I'm like, well, it's actually sausage. It's actually Regular pork sausage, sausage, but it doesn't have any nitrates in it because that's a migraine trigger and it doesn't have any preservatives. It's like all this stuff. And it's like, <laughs> it's actually then if you eat enough of this fat, then you go into ketosis. And when you're in ketosis, then it's like, but those are all the weird things that when I talk about it with you, you either have heard about it already, which I love, or you didn't know that, or you tell me something I didn't know or about. Or I'm interested at least. Yeah. A lot of people just aren't interested. And that's the thing that blows my that's mind. true. There's so much stuff to be interested in. And you talk to people about things and you're like, oh, yeah, I never knew about that. But that's it. And that's it. They don't want to know anymore about it. And they also don't want you to talk about it. By default, anything they don't know is dumb. Yeah. And you're also an idiot for talking to them about it. (laughs) Unless it's like sports or... And I don't know. I I guess it's different people. Whatever. It's like if you're asking questions like the one guy that was with us, Brian, who was getting married, he's an FBI agent. I would so ask like, him a billion questions. How could you not want to ask questions about this? So we were asking all these questions about when he gets on a plane. So when he was flying there, he gets right into the employee entrance and he has to carry his gun. Because he goes, if I don't have my gun, something happens there and everybody's going to say, where was your gun? Right. So he gets on first. He can carry his gun. And it always reminds me of the, that scene in Bridesmaids where she keeps trying to guess if he's a if he's an air marshal. She's yeah. like, you're an air marshal, aren't you? You're an air marshal. He's like, I'm not an air marshal. So I wonder if Brian knows who the air marshals are because like if there was something that happened and like they both stood up and like said, stand down, like in a real like, right. how would you, like you'd Nicolas have to know. Cage way. Um, but how could you be around someone like Brian and not ask him a million questions? Like he takes down, and the funny thing is, it's like you get a few drinks and he'll be like, Brian, come on, dude, tell us the real stuff. Tell yeah. us, the, and he'll tell you the real stuff. He didn't tell us any of the thing because I didn't ask him. But I'd be like, Well, I'm afraid to annoy. I had my dad's, I told you my dad's friend, friend was like that. Yeah. And I was always afraid to annoy him. Right. Because they get that asked all ask, the time, probably. I, I want to ask a billion weird questions. Like who killed JFK? <laughs> Are there aliens? Apparently the FBI doesn't deal with aliens, but that's weird because in. Uh, in the most famous alien show of all time, what's it? X Files. Uh, X Files. Aren't they in the FBI? They're FBI agents. 
So why isn't Bryant maybe... Ah, but it was a separate wing of the FBI that oh, was that's kind of ignored. Right. It didn't really oh. exist, right? It was that's like, right. So maybe Brian is in that separate wing of the can't. FBI. And when I asked him about the UFOs, now he's tapping our phones. He's oh, probably yeah. listening to this right now. Yeah, for sure. But like, this is a guy I went to high school with and still laughs at fart jokes, but he's taking down terrorists <laughs> and like, and doing like these ca- like these big drug cases, taking down gangs, like, and... He was telling me about like good cop, like playing good cop, bad cop. I'm like, Brian, how would you talk to me right now if I were a suspect? And this was actually an interesting insight. I said, how would you, he, I said, when you talk to these gang leaders and stuff and these drug dealers and terrorists, how do you talk to them? And he said, well, you really have to, your goal is not to upset them. Your goal is to get information out of them. So he goes with gang leaders, respect is super high up on the list. Mm-hmm. So he said, when I talk to these gang members, I have to talk with respect. Like, hey, man. You know, I know you're in here. I know you don't want to be in here, but, you know, let me reason with you. So he's playing good cop the whole time. He wants to be their friend. Yeah. Because if he went in there just like guns a-blazing, these guys are going to shut down because they don't want to be disrespected. As soon as you disrespect them, they're going to shut down. So he said he's very calm. He's very respectful. And that's how he gets the information that ultimately sends him to jail. (laughs) But like just to hear these stories, like they were, he was taken down a, um, a child uh child pornographer guy who was like real high they've been casing him for months he ends up bashing down the door it's dark he's got a flashlight with like the gun over top of the flashlight and then kicks down the door and the guy has like the kill switch he's trying to delete all the files and like brian like tackles him and stuff and i'm just like the most exciting part of my day was maybe going out to get the mail yeah or having like some food or like at Wegmans, there was like when the college kids are home, like super slow when they're walking through the aisles, like. Right, and you're in traffic. Yeah, I get like enraged in small town traffic. Right, and Brian's that's, like that's kicking doors down. Dump. But here's the thing: I think he said most of my job is at the desk and sitting out and stakeouts yeah. and stuff too, right? Like right, in a so car. it's all pretty boring. And he said there's about two seconds of excitement over seven years of sitting there waiting for people. Isn't that life in general though? <laughs> A lot of boring moments <laughs> interrupted and then by big chaos. giant things. Um, well, you were saying about the alien thing, right? Like Elon Musk did this interview. I just watched this yesterday and he's, and <clears throat> this guy asked him like, do you think there's aliens on earth? And he's like, well, super, super intelligent computers technically are pretty much an alien, but we don't look at it like that. So when they finally blossom, it's like an alien taking over our earth. Yeah. The world is not going to see it that way. And I was like, Wow. That's, they're not going to come from outer space. We're going to build them. We're going to invent them. Yeah. Even though they might have come, who knows what landed on earth that caused whatever. But what's the, is it it called the Fermi paradox? Uh, I think it's called Fermi paradox where it's like, are we the first? Are we the last? Or do we forget? Are we, are we the only, well, the first, the last, and I forget the third one is if you Google Fermi paradox and watch, there's a YouTube video on it. It's like, what if we're the first civilization? Or what if we're the last one? What if there's been civilizations before us that we didn't know about? But we couldn't be the first, right? Because we, we can find old civilizations. Or do you mean like the first humans? The first... I don't know. Because like the Romans and stuff, like they existed. We found no, no, I'm talking remains. Right. I'm talking about even them. They would be considered that first the civilization. First. I'm talking yeah. about like an entirely different universe. Yeah. Of, now we're getting really crazy. Yeah, man. man. Like, what? <laughs> Imagine but if you watch that Fermi products, the Fa- the Fermi paradox video on YouTube, uh, it's called it's on that Kerstad 
uh, YouTube channel. It's like some means something like explore in German. It's like it has all these animated videos on stuff like that that oh, like cool. blow your mind on black holes and stuff. But that's the thing that's crazy. Like, are we? Still have here? <laughs> <laughs> are we even here? Well, the, 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 I guess what I'm getting at is Elon Musk was talking about, are we living in a simulation? That mm. always freaks me out. Oh, too. yeah. Like, how, actually, the reason why I was thinking is because if we've already created the AI and it actually came back and created us and now we're living in the AI simulation. <laughs> we're in the pods right now. Yeah. The Matrix. Well, Neil deGrasse Tyson, when he it, talked about, they... And I don't even, this doesn't even make any sense. And he said it doesn't even make any sense. Like they, they broke down into the cell of like plants, right? Into the cells of the earth. And they tried to get down to the final core of like what's at the core. And it was zeros and it was computer code. What? Did you ever hear that? No. Yeah, it was computer code. They like, they went down and I don't know what the terminology or who the scientists are or whatever. I have no idea, but you can look it up from him. And they went down the whole way to the core. No way. And it was computer code. It was zeros and ones. Dude. I was like, what does that mean? Like, how did they even get there? And what does that mean? Well, think about, I think in, in that YouTube video too, where they show like zooming in the whole way, it's endless. Where right. does it end? We haven't found the smallest thing. What is that smallest thing made of? What is that smallest thing made of? Yeah. And then if you go the other way. It zooms the whole way out. It never to ends. To the end of the universe, this expanding. Holy the crap, forever dude. expanding. It's getting real. This is getting real crazy. It's it's some weird, but like simulation. That's where, yeah. What would you get to? You you just keep going and going and going. And then here's the other thing about Neo deGrasse. It's like Tyson. Truman Show when he opens the door up and he's like, oh. yeah. <laughs> and what if? Here's the other thing that Neil says that there's no fixed point in the universe to measure. You can't because there's no end to the zooming level. There's no way to say this distance oh, is this distance right. to the other thing because it really, where would you because begin and where would you end? Yeah. Is that crazy? Yeah, because the distance is never ending. So there's no such thing as distance then. And it's like, what or we, time. What are we doing, man? <laughs> I'm just floating around over here, man. We're not even on chairs. Well, like, even think about like in, in like, the ocean. Like Think about how much we haven't explored the ocean and think about how That's much weird. we have explored of space. How have we not explored that much of the ocean? It's like, like Even down to the Earth's crust, did you ever see how far we've actually, the, the biggest? Yeah, we got to China. We went the whole way through. We did not do that. I thought we did as a kid, but apparently the, one of the largest mining operations, I think it was in Russia. It's one of the deepest holes. And if you look what at... she said. <laughs> in Russia. Oh, right. In Russia. Uh, it wasn't even... Like, if you look at the earth, it wasn't even... like So if the earth was like 12 inches tall, it wasn't even a quarter of an inch deep. What? Yeah. We aren't even... We haven't even gotten close... To drilling anywhere even near, like what's in there? The inner core. It's all hot lava. What is that? Liquid hot magma. We don't know. What do you think's in there? The other thing that's dinosaurs, crazy. aliens, alien dinosaurs. Sorry, it could be the computer code inside of the Earth. Yeah, but it's a whole server. It's a giant did you ever server see, room. Did you ever see uh, Interstellar? Yes, with Tom Cruise. No, this one was Matthew McConaughey. No, I never saw that one. It's so good. I almost watched it twice because there's one scene in there where 
they get in a ship and they end up on this like faraway planet. And on that planet, while they're in there, time moves uh, way faster. So mm-hmm. they said for every 15 minutes you're there, it's like 10 years or some ridiculous thing, like 10 years back. Yeah. Well, that's on, light on years. Earth, that's light, light years travel. Yeah. It's like that. So they get on this planet. Light speed. Hopefully you have, I'm not spoiling it, but they get on this planet and they spend a little bit too much time, like two minutes. And I won't tell you why, but they end up, you can just tell a little bit like there's a giant wave that tries to like crash on them and they can't get back to the ship in time. So when they were only plan on spending like a year in, it was only like a couple hours in their time, but a year back, they were comfortable with losing a year on earth. They get back in their late and now it's like 30 years later and all of his kids are now like adults. Yeah. And he's devastated. Think about that. Like, yeah. He didn't get to experience any of them growing up. It literally was an hour later. And you'd never be able to get that time back. And then at the end of that movie, oh my gosh, it gets even crazier because he goes into a black hole and that's when you just... Oh man, I gotta watch that movie. He goes into a black hole. Have you seen 2001 A Space Odyssey? No. Did you ever watch it? Oh, okay. Because it's kind of the same idea of like the end of the movie is. Because the end of the movie, he travels at like light speed... You're not real sure what happens. At least I'm not sure what happens at the end. Um, maybe somebody actually knows. But it was kind of like that, like where his life sped up in a very fast manner. And that's what would happen, I guess, in time travel, right? So, yeah. so the crazy part is, right, if you move at light speed, I forget the exact numbers here, but it's like, I'm going to mess this all up. I'm just going to say it and somebody else could look it up. But like, say you travel um, for a year at light speed away from the earth that on earth years is like thousands of years. Yeah. So you would come back. So imagine if an old civilization did leave earth and they come back and they're like, what's this? And it's like 20,000 years later. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Like you've come back and everything would be changed. So then think about it in that, at that point, time is like totally different. Like they, if they're an advanced civilization millions of light years away, like they look at our time as nothing. Yeah. And so they can wait to us a thou- to them a thousand years for us is nothing. Yeah. Um, I'm even confusing myself. Right. Now. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it, I think the core point is like time actually is not like uh, what Stephen Hawking says. Time's already all happened. Like it's everything's already happened. And we're just in the span of the universe. Like it's yeah. all already happened, but we're just like living on. Like when you look at a star and it's like there, it right. might have died 10,000 years ago. You know, ago. that was the pickup line I used uh, on Marissa when we were 14. I can't wait. We were at the movies and we had just gotten out of the movies and I was real nervous and we were sitting outside. And uh, I said, You know, when you're looking at the sky, it's like looking at the past. She's like, oh my gosh, you were so smart. <laughs> I was like, I had no idea what I was even talking about. And she was like, wow, this guy's really intellectual. I was like, it's like you're just looking at the past. And uh, can I make out with you? Or no? <laughs> what did you guys go see? So we like, got married after that. I right, mean, of course. We went to see, uh, uh, it was the very first Tom Cruise. Um, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Ooh, first I, date. I had no idea what happened in that movie. I was too nervous. Like if I should hold her hand or not hold her hand. Heavy petting. No heavy petting. There was none of that. We didn't even like, I'm surprised. Oh, we not even like foot touches. I don't even think we probably sat like with one seat in, in between us. You're a pool of sweat. 
Yeah. It was just pouring out of you. That was like 30. How, how many years ago was that? I think that was 30, 19, 30 years. I think that was like 1943. That's crazy. There. That was, the first was 20 Impossible years, about 20 have, years ago. It had to have been late 90s. Yeah. Mid to late 90s. I once told a girl we were sitting uh, at a roller skating rink. I think it was Sir Skate. And um, I used this line. And I didn't mean it like a cheesy pickup line. I said it like, I don't know why. I don't know why. I said something along the lines of, remember last night when we were together? It was like a dream state. It felt like it didn't even actually happen. <laughs> and she got mad at me. And she's like, what do you mean it didn't happen? And I was like, I mean, like, it was so great. It felt like it wasn't even real. Yeah. And she was like, no, it happened. And she was like mad at me. And I can recall that being she wasn't right a for bad you. point in my life. Yeah. She wasn't I, right. She just didn't get me. She wouldn't see if you can't talk about that weird stuff with but your I, husband I or like wife. It, it could have also been a very sweet comment. Like it was so wonderful. I felt like it was a dream. I that backfired. If I had to talk Full to backfired. any girl like I haven't I haven't been in that world since I was like fifteen years old. So if I actually had to go out back out and like date and stuff, I'd have no idea. And then Marissa's like, Do you realize like it would be a couple of days before they found out how annoying you were. <laughs> and I'm real annoying. That's like, what Nini and I always say to each other. Bedtime routine is where I get the most annoying. Yeah. Like that's where I feel like if Marissa's gonna walk out the door, that's a, that's where it's gonna happen. Your bedtime routine or the kids? My be- bedtime routine. Oh, okay. So I have to come up and then Nini bought me that that uh, that essential oils oral diffuser thing. So yeah. I put a little bit of that, but I think it's broken now. So it goes it goes like real loud. And so Marissa's already it was from in Walmart. So Marissa's already in bed at that point. So I have to do that. And then I have to brush my teeth and then I have to like, I always get like phlegm in my throat. So I'm always going <laughs> and it's so gross. And I'm always then, farting. That's my thing. Oh, you're so, farting? Yeah, it's constant farts. And I don't do that. That's one advantage. I mean, and you then, can tell you it's like, she, she can't stand it. It drives her insane. Well, like, yeah. Farting is terrible. I can't help it. I have these What are you farts. eating? I think I have some gastrointestinal issue. And it all comes out at the end of the night. Maybe you should start eating like kombucha and sauerkraut and probiotics. I drink probiotics all the time. No, it doesn't do it. I bought one of the big jars. It doesn't do it. Actually makes it kind of worse. So then I have to, uh, and then I have to like have the right pillow, like at the right angle. Mm -hmm. And then I have to like, I like to change my pillowcase all the time because I don't like sleeping on a dirty pillowcase. (laughs) I don't know why. It's like your what greasy you, face just lays in there. What are you getting on your face that you got? I don't know. It's a grease. Like I had this obsession <laughs> with like. It's probably because I had acne when I was a teenager. I would think it would actually help. Doesn't grease like I think your it own does. Facial grease kind of help. It's oil, Rob, not yes. grease. Wow, depends it's, on who you it's, are. It's uh, I forget what the name of it it's is. It's essential oil. It's essential. Do you rub like eucalyptus on your face? You and then and then I put earplugs in, but the swimmers earplugs that are wax. <laughs> So I'm not talking about the little foam things. I'm You're talking about the, the wax where you can completely hear yourself breathe. And like, if I can't hear myself breathe, then I didn't put them in tight enough. That's so how you sleep. I, and then I have an eye. I, in the summertime, I have like an eye mask on, so I can't hear anything. I can't see anything. <laughs> you guys need a sound machine. I, I can't even do that. It doesn't well, it's, work. Well, it's because like even little things, and this is what happens when you get married. It's like little tiny things will be the most annoying thing. Like Marissa does this thing where... If I don't have my earplugs in, she'll go. I guess, hold on. It just catches right on the flap. Uh huh. And it's over and over again, every breath. It just. It's not even snoring, which would be like traditionally annoying. This is like a tiny little thing that makes me just want to jump out the window. And so if I have earplugs in, 
And she let me do it on our third child. I don't know how. I think she was just tired of asking me to get up and change a diaper. But somehow I managed to negotiate a deal where I could wear earplugs. I don't know how it was. I don't know how I did it. Wow. That's big. So I sleep completely. That's that's a long lifelong annoyance is what that is. She was finally fine. Yeah. Whatever you have to do. Yeah. And it's, and I still don't really sleep that well, but like doing all that weird stuff must drive her bonkers. Yeah. But she's been, it's uh, what's that Stockholm syndrome? Like where she's just used to it now. I think she's just used to it. Deals with it. It's not even a thing anymore. Yeah. I wish it would get to that place with my farts, but I guess it won't. That's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. Sometimes she'll ignore them, but sometimes she's like, something about laying in a bed too, it contours your body, so it must be releasing. Do you try to hold it in? No. What? Oh, you just let them out. This is my home. This is your- your, I pay the mortgage here. It's your throne. Yeah. If I want to bask in my own waft, I'm allowed to- No consideration for poor Max and poor Nini. Oh, Max will just laugh. Oh, Max laughs. Nini gets mad for a minute, but it's not like- have you ever had one that actually bothered you? I've been, I've, I've astounded myself. I astounded. Where like, you're like, where that is like, really bad. <laughs> but what is it? Not in smell, in the noise volume. I was like, what is? Or length. Like that but was what impressive. Is it? What, what's the chemical in our brain that allows us to not be turned off by our own farts? Like not be disgusted? Like there's got to be something in there. It must be like a, a preservation mechanism. Ego. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, well, it's, it's your own chemical it's your own uh mixture like, like we you, can't smell our own breath like if you make a drink right if you're like making drinks for people and you make a bad drink everybody else is gonna be like oh this is terrible but you made it you're like oh, i don't know i kind of like it because i made it well, you can smell your bo you can you, if your armpits smell you can you can tell yeah but you kind of like it for some reason yeah. eh, maybe not eh. if it was up to me yeah i guess when you start smelling like oniony yeah it is bad onion. no matter who oh, it that's is. what it is onion it's a straight onion so anything else you want to cover on the uh, podcast? I think we covered pretty much everything. We got in real deep. Is there anything else you didn't touch uh, on? Uh, I did notice one thing that I annoy myself with how much I say like. Oh, really? I, I'm trying to avoid it. I'm trying to avoid really, and I just said it. You say really? Yeah. Really? I say yeah, I say like, and I say so and so. And so it's like those filler words that just drive me nuts. Yeah. And the like thing. And I tried to avoid it, but I think I said like too many times. It's unavoidable unless you're like really good at talking. So I just said like right there. But why do we, why do we do it? I think it's because. Your brain's catching up from what I understand. Is that what happens? Your brain is, your mouth's catching up to your brain. So it needs, it needs words to fill the gaps. Really? Yeah. So it is a subconscious thing. It's not like, there I did it. There you go. Yeah. Well, wait. In that case, if I said it's not like, I actually meant it's not like. But you, but it's try not it. like this. I couldn't say that any other way. You could say it's not this. That's true. It's it is. They in radio, it's called crutches. So you have crutches. Oh, really? And when you listen back to yourself, you hear all of your crutches, and you're like, well, I never realized I talked like that. I had no idea. Do you get caught out on that, like by your your? When your I was boss? in radio, I used to. Not I do podcasts. I, I listen to myself, and I don't notice many cr- I, mean, I noticed some crutches i guess but i know what they are like i'm aware of them but i've also realized like that's how i talk yeah so if that's how you talk that's as long as it's talk. not out of control because some people you talk to if i listen to on a podcast and all they're saying is like 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 and so and so it just gets like yeah i just said it i think actually joe rogan did call somebody out on that for saying like too many times 
Well, he has his own. When I listened, I don't know if he does it anymore, but he always had his own things because he would always like, say, and give it up for. Oh, I can't stand that's where he Like, what are you doing it for, dude? Stop doing it. Now, those are very noticeable because they are. That's loud. Like, yeah, it's very. It's a very pronounced thing. But I think like, unless you're like a 16-year-old teenage girl, nobody's going to notice you're saying it that much. You are, but nobody else is. Do you like your own voice? Uh, yeah, I do now. You don't mind it. I don't mind mine either. Sometimes I feel like it's a little too nasally. And then I'm just like, ah, okay. But what are you going to do? It's your voice. You can't do anything. What I've learned, this is interesting. So I never liked my voice when I was in radio. Never. I never liked listening to myself. I never, I I couldn't stand it. I can listen to my podcast and have no issue and like analyze myself and be like, oh, that was good. This was bad, whatever. And I enjoy listening to it. And I realize what it is. On radio, I was I had to be somebody. I was like, you'd be Rob Z. Yeah, the character. Yeah, exactly. So then I had things I had to talk about. I had, um, you know, I had to get in and out, had to be like a minute break or two minute break. You were really good at that though. Well, thanks. Yeah. And and that, that's very handy. Obviously it's a good skill to have. Uh, but I always noticed my, and Nini pointed out a lot of this stuff. My voice would be higher pitch. I'd talk a lot like this and louder. Yeah. Um, and doing podcasts, I just don't, but I still have the radio voice. Well, it's not like that. But when I would call, I remember I called in one time to the show and I was, oh, what was it? Why did I call in? I forget what it was. Um, and Oh, yeah, for Jackaboy, for something. You guys did. Yeah, it was something funny. Oh, we were yeah. requesting a song or something like that. And it was different talking to you there because it's like, hey, Rob, you're like, hey, Jack, how's it going? I'm yeah. like, whoa, buddy. He's I like, know. yeah, that's so great, man. <laughs> I knew you were doing it. It's I mean, annoying, you had though. to do it. Because if you would have been like, hey, man, what's up? Then it'd been like, well, you're on the radio. You can't talk like that. And I think even I talked to That's the thing. Like you that. can. And that's what I always tried to break. And JoJo, who works on Froggy in the, in, at Forever in Altoona, um, he has that. He, he can is, just conversate. He, he can... has the voice off air that he has on air. And I always mm. tried to get there. And I couldn't. And when I left radio a year ago... I now on microphones and just I am I talk yeah. who I am. We think about so the wonder, greats like the Howard Stern. He's not talking like in a radio voice. He's just talking. That's just him. But he has a great radio voice. That's the weird thing. Right. Like some guys have a naturally just good radio voice. There was this, you know, Zach Sang. No. He was a YouTube star, and then he got a radio show. He so he's like syndicated across the country on nights. Yeah. He's been on this podcast actually. It's deleted now due to legal reasons. Oh jeez. Yeah, so, um, but I'll release it someday. Uh, but he does not have a radio voice at all. It's very high-pitched, kind of squeaky. Yeah. And people can't stand him for that. Like, I would, whenever I was working there, people would talk about him. Oh, I can't stand Zach Sang. His voice is so obnoxious. Yeah. But then after a while, you start to like it because that's his voice. It's oh, just him. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and, that, and I think that's the cool part is radio used to have this thing where you had to have the radio voice to be in radio. But that's not actually, it's not good communication skills because that voice isn't real. It's not really you. It's like Casey Kasem. Yeah, you're putting on a show. So somebody calls, you can't have like a conversation with them because you're not you. You're this character. And some people, you expect that. Like, do you remember uh, the rest of the story? It was called, oh, what was it? Uh, My dad used to listen to it on the way to school. If you type in YouTube, uh, Paul Harvey. And he was like, my name is Paul Harvey, and you are now listening to the rest of the story. And no. newscasters do that, too. Oh, like, yeah. The way that they talk, uh, it's, it's, it has a, a certain cadence. It's a roller coaster. It's, it's like a musical uh, 
so if you're talking about uh, if you're talking about the president, Bob, the president has bombed Syria on Thursday, and another it's like it's all and it the trails same. and then it trails, then yeah. it comes back up and, and it, it comes back up, yeah, and. It just, but here's what I think is changing is podcasts because now people are able to broadcast on their own. They don't need to go on radio. Yeah. And so now they can have, I mean, if you look at the top podcasts, it's mostly just conversations. Yeah. I think that's what people like. Yeah. I, I want to get to the point in podcasting and I see this as a, a legitimate platform. Um, it's a, it's a show. Like I think podcasting is great. Like those conversations but also, I've loved so many pieces of audio. Remember Adam Sandler's old comedy albums from back yes, when we were kids? Yes, they're the best, yeah. Love that. They're all going to laugh at you. Yeah, and what yeah. the hell happened to me? Like, those yeah. are the two funniest CDs ever. Nobody's doing it in podcasts. That's interesting. It's kind of like the Chappelle show in audio. Yeah. and it's Nobody's even, doing that? It's even, I'm sure somebody is, but somebody, I don't know who they are. Nobody, like, nobody top 10 on iTunes. But I want to start doing those just because I have all these goofy comedy you know nini i mean oh, she's like that a would be comedic, hilarious yeah she's like a comedic genius waiting to just do it yeah and i was like i just but it takes time it's time consuming that's the issue yeah so um that's something i think like there's a whole world of that that could be created that would be hilarious i think audio comedy is much better than visual oh yeah because you can imagine and i don't mean like listening to stand-up i mean like scenarios and scenes through audio like back in the day before television, like Guiding Light and stuff, they were radio shows. So it was like an audio, you listened to a show and you pictured it all mm, in your mind. I like World of the Worlds, that was on radio. Yeah, I picture that. It's a lot more fun than watching something. Because well, you get to create the pictures in your head. So yeah. you're able to create. Um, and that's why I think the, the theater of the mind. Yeah, these, these, I was really into like the murder podcasts, like the. Oh, serial? Serial, yeah. yeah, where you're creating those. And I was like back to back listening to all of them. And there was another one where it was just like a normal guy and he found a cold case and just created a whole pot. He had no idea how to podcast or do any of this. And he just, it just walks through him discovering this cold case and it, it's huge now. Really? And he had no idea what he was Wait, doing. Is it a true story? You... Yeah. It's a true oh, okay. story. Uh, I forget, I forget what it's called, but to that he just started just solving. And I was like, Oh, maybe I should find some cold cases. That'd be so fun. For a brief, like, maybe two-day period, again, I was going down obsessed. the obsession where I was like, well, okay, I guess I have to sign up for this message board so I can be with all the conspiracy theorists. And I got to pick the right cold case. And then I got to travel there to Kentucky to interview the grandma right. of the person who was murdered. Right. But it's so fascinating because he's so nervous. Like, Or the fun part is you could make it all up. That could be Wait, even more do fun. do you remember... The YouTube star that was, it was, it was a show. It was a YouTube, maybe not even on YouTube. And she was a personality and she was creating this whole YouTube personality and she ended up, it was all an act. The whole thing was made up. Really? Um, I can't remember her name, but she, and then she came up with like fake drama about how like her boyfriend left her, some cheated on her or whatever. And, and everybody's all sad. And she even made up like bigger, more dramatic stories. End up, the whole thing was fake. And I think it was sponsored by a company. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. also interesting too, that you could create these. Now, I wouldn't go to that extent where it's like something dangerous. But if it was something funny that you created this character and nobody really knew if they were real or not, I think well, that would the, be the, interesting. The world of fake news is so crazy. There was that guy, did he work for Vice? 
that uh, he created an Instagram and a Yelp for a, a restaurant oh, in his backyard. Yes, that's the best. Yeah. And it was none of it was real, but it was like the most highly regarded restaurant in. He got the all number of, one on on TripAdvisor. Yeah, on TripAdvisor yeah. in in Paris, right? It was yeah. at London. Yeah. A big, big restaurant city. Yeah. And it was nothing. He had nothing. He, he had, said, there was, there, it was his backyard. Well, there people was no kept restaurant. calling and he'd say, sorry, we're booked. Sorry, we're booked. And that people really wanted it even more. <laughs> so the whole thing. So I think that would be interesting too, where it's kind of like what Duncan Trussell said. Like, you don't have to wait for AI, Rob. You could create. Imagine if you created like, and this is so sinister, but like, imagine if you created like some hunting character and nobody knew who he was. And then just, you know, every once in a while, he'd throw out and be like, so what do you guys think of Remington uh, Remington Bullets? <laughs> and you would never you say, like, this is brought in. to you by Remington. Yeah. And it's like, if you call him Billy Bob, and then he's like, oh, man. And Billy Bob would say, he'd be like, it's not, it's not an ad. I'm not getting paid for this, but, man, I love, I love me some, some uh, Jeff Foxworthy beef jerky. <laughs> Did you ever see Jeff Foxworthy beef jerky? No, I, I'm not surprised. I ate a whole pound of it one time, and yeah. I almost died. But you could do that. You could think about this. Think about it because manipulation and propaganda aren't negative. It's how you do it. It's what you're doing it for, yeah. Right. So what if you were creating, like, let's say you want to do something for a for, great cause. For a great cause. If you wanted to end bullying, you would come up, I don't know, with some character, like some superhero that was bullied and now is not bullied, or like maybe uh, a, like, a character that the bullies relate to, and then you secretly are sleeping in messages about how they can not become a bully. I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. Yeah, but imagine yeah. <laughs> if you were able to do that and manipulate it for a good cause. Now, some people would say, well, that's manipulation. You could say, oh, well, the the, the ends justify the means. Yeah. I'm not going to do it, but right. if somebody could. But if somebody does, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say what you just said about them. That it was being the end mind justified. control? The end justified. I mean, it's the like means, all madmen stuff. Uh, and it, it, there's a, um, there's a book. Why can't I, I should have some of these things named. Why don't you Maybe, prepare anything? We'll for put this, this in the notes. There's a book on propaganda. <laughs> How long are these notes going to be? <laughs> there was a guy that he, I forget who he worked for. He was like really into like government propaganda and stuff. And then he ended up working in advertising and he oh, was wow. trying to get women to smoke. And <laughs> so he's the one that came up with like women's marches and w- confident women smoking and you can be a confident really? woman if you smoke and showing the, the marches where the women were smoking like and all of it was mind control like wow. all of it was manipulation towards a negative For a good thing. cause to get women together yeah inhale nicotine and tar and all the other stuff but that's that's what it it's doing and when you understand those like stimulus response things yeah we're really dumb in some. We're cases. very simple. We're very humans basic. Are, can be really dumb, basic, we're extremely basic. We're all Beckys and Chads. Yeah, and we're not logical. We're very emotional, and when people try to, if if you try to, like there was one example in the book, if you're trying to get someone in a hotel to put towels on the floor, how would you do that? You could do it in a bunch of different ways. You could give them. You could explain to them how it hurts the environment and that the water used is going to be using that. They don't give a crap about that. What if you said that if you don't leave the towel, like how would you get them to do something that they believe is positive and they would be excited to do it? 
I don't know. I don't remember the example. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the revelation. But what if? So think about it. You think in terms of their best interest and yeah. their stimulus and their response. Let's say you'd say, hey, if you, uh, for every new round of towels that you don't use or whatever, like we'll give you 5% off. Now there's like a monetary value. Now it has to directly relate to their life immediately. Yeah, and you can't logic them into it. You have to give them the emotion of I'm saving money. Um, or, oh, the Netflix show that's out where they manipulate, it's called uh, Push. Have you seen that? Uh-uh. You have to watch it. Basically, what they do is they, they, they do this entire experiment on individual people and see if they can take a random person off the street and get them to commit murder within 24 hours. Oh, it's a fake show. It's a fake show. Okay. Everybody in the show is an actor. So they bring this guy off the street and they bring him into the, and I won't tell you the whole thing, but basically they, they have him do small commitments. Hey, uh, Hey, would you mind, uh, you mind watching this luggage while I go in? He watches the luggage. Oh, would you mind bringing that in? And okay. He says yes again. Now he's further committed. And all of these things, and you watch him. And by the time it gets to the end, uh, there's a point where they that he is asked to push this person off a ledge. <laughs> is it and one they don't show? show is it, it multiple until it, shows or is it like a whole series? Uh, it is one show, but they go through multiple people, and some people push and some people don't. But the people that push, and then they say this is all a show. It's crazy. And they murdered somebody. Yeah, in their head, they just murdered someone. But they really didn't. Think about how much that would mess you oh up. Oh my gosh! And think about how every, all the actors are looking at that person like you're a murderer. Yeah. You just didn't actually murder. But we now we know what kind you of person could. you are. Right. Think about that. Precogs. Yeah. They're, they're already screwed. Yeah. Yeah. That's so wild. That show. If you watch that show, that's like, that's propaganda. That's manipulation, and how easy we are manipulated. This entire show. You didn't realize it, but I've been advertising for Dove's deodorant, Dove's Men deodorant. <laughs> I've said the word Dove about 48 times. I've actually spelled the word out, the first letter of each sentence over the last couple of syllables. Wow. Remember when they would say that they would flash snacks up on a screen at drive through yeah, movies? Yeah. I think they actually, it was for real. Yeah. Oh, they actually yeah, like, did that. Remember Fight Club when you saw Brad Pitt's wiener? Oh, that's and They right. flash it up for a second. Embedded in my brain forever. Forever. That's terrible, but yeah. I watched the movie like a Do you think they still too. do that? I wonder if they do it on YouTube. You should start <clears throat> doing audio versions. Yeah, you're right. I should. Like if you did Whispering. Well, this, oh my God. My friend Brian used to do this. So there was, there was a guy out there. It was a weight loss guy. I don't know who he was. But he would talk in one ear and then the other. So he'd talk to you in one voice in this ear and then talk to you another voice in this ear back and forth to get you to lose weight. And supposedly what? it worked for some people. But Brian used to mock it and make his own, and they were hilarious. Yeah, because it was like one voice telling you one thing, and the other one like telling you a complete opposite. Right. It was really funny. So maybe if in the background of this, if you had like a sponsor, that in the well, background they're like, "What about ASMR? Should I do start doing some of that?" You could do, do, do like the voices start. That's the weirdest. But it's super relaxing. I actually really you enjoy did. It. This is a weird story. I just told this on the last podcast. Oddly enough. But this girl, many years ago, it's on my Dropbox. I'm gonna, in case you didn't listen to the last podcast, I want to tell the story again because it is, it is freaking hilarious. Um, this girl who lives in Johnstown, right? I was on the air, and I was talking about National Puppy Day, 
It's a National Puppy Day. Everybody gets excited about, right? A lot of happiness and joy. And I, I wrote a post, and on the post it said, it's National Puppy Day, everybody be excited, you know? And she wrote, totally unrelated, way to treat your fans. Oh, and I saw the way you treated my cousin in that tweet interview. Don't let the fame get to your head. Wow. You are a local DJ. You play shitty music on the radio that people only wow. tolerate to get work. Stop acting like someone special. People laugh at your position. Wow. Is that the background on your phone? You should make that. Th- I saved in Dropbox. I saved. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. People laugh at your position. So a few months ago, I found this. Or about a month ago, I found this. And I'm like, this is so funny. So I, I went on my Snapchat and I read it. And the girl, because I showed her, I showed it. The, somebody knew her in Snapchat. They contacted her and she contacted me. And I'm like, what? Her name's Karina Satori. I, I've been trying to get her on the She's podcast. She's probably listening now. I've been trying to get her on here. Oh my gosh. She's in Johnstown. And... And she's like, I am so sorry. I do not remember ever writing. I don't know why. Are you I kidding me? For real? I swear to God. And she's like, I don't know why I ever would have written that. I don't know why I would ever do that. Wow. I, that's so mean of me. And I was like, well, it's all right. it's, I find it to be hilarious. This is, uh, this is awesome. And so we start talking. And a friend, another person sends me a message on Twitter. This is the, like, how cool social media is. A person sends me a message on, a message on Twitter. And says, hey, I, was, I saw your Snapchat, which I don't know why they wouldn't message me on Snapchat and say this. They right. messaged me on Twitter and said, hey, I saw your Snapchat about that girl. I know her. She lives in Johnstown and she does ASMR. And I'm like, what's ASMR? Oh, man. So he sends me a link to her. The video has like 500,000 views. Wow. And it's just her like whispering into the microphone. Yeah. Crunchy. Crunchy rappers. And I'm like, this is so bizarre. So I start asking her on Snapchat about this, and she's like, "Oh yeah, that's what I do." Oh, you need to have her on the podcast. And I'm like, "You got to come on the podcast." And you have to talk like this the whole time. Yeah. And there's something super relaxing about whispering. Really? And listening to whispering. All right, Isn't I'm gonna try. Weird? I'm gonna maybe I'll listen to it. Maybe I'll take my earplugs out. I was listening to this binaural beats. It was like, yeah, they. It's weird. It doesn't work. I thought it would work. To sleep? No, I can't see that ever happen. To like concentrate, maybe. Talk about freaking out when you wake up and it's like, and you're like, uh. Well, especially when you have the earphones stuffed into your ears yeah. and that's all you can hear. It's like falling asleep to Metallica. I fell asleep to the uh, Ride to Lightning in high school at study hall. And if you fall asleep to Ride to Lightning and then you wake up, you're tired, number one. And you, you were listening to like Trapped Under Ice, uh, it's going to be some problems. Have and I think I did like fall off my chair. Okay, that's that's full circle then. That's full circle. Your, my back is about to get is, is about destroyed. to destroyed because I'm leaning over because we have the microphone jammed in some sort of a box that it's, I have in my office, and so and I haven't eaten since noon. Oh, okay. Well, you that's, only been, is, that's only been three hours. You most yeah. people are okay on that, but yeah. You eat constantly. I guess I could be doing my intermittent fasting and all. That's we, true. See, we didn't get into that. Either. Well, we have so more podcast. We'll have to do a round two. Yeah. Are we on? We've been going for what three hours? Yeah, I think it's uh, hour eight is what we're rolling into. The battery's almost dead. Really? So okay. Let's wrap it up. Um, anything else? If they want to find out about Jack Zerby, if they made it this long in the podcast, uh, what, what, uh, how, where, why? If you just Google Jack Zerby and you'll see all the weird, all the crazy things that I'm into. Well, weird. I mean, not weird. I mean, it's well, music and design and business. And go to the images and like it's real weird. Yeah, it's there was, maybe a picture in. of my dad, like a really <laughs> bad picture of my dad. Um, and I, I don't know this because I've never Googled myself. Yeah, well, yeah, I have. right. I, mean, I have. I mean, I have like a Google alert <laughs> of myself. That's, I haven't gone that far. <laughs> maybe I should do that. 
are you on like social media? Like, do you like give them out or you don't give them out? Um, I'm on Twitter, Jack Zerby. You don't really it's do much. First time on I've there. ever said that. Yeah, I'm not, I don't like so. I mean, I I don't like social. You're not media an influencer. I'm a, you know what I am? I'm a watcher, stalker. Creeper. I just like to watch. That yeah, that's respectable. That sounds- <laughs> so, so now people can watch you while you're watching other people because <laughs> they just found out about your social media. I'm a lurker. I get that's what I am. And and listen, if you feel like you need self defense because Jack's been stalking you on social media, uh, maybe you should think about uh, Gracie Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Ah, it's probably a good idea. It might save your life. Plus, it might change your life. At Sports Evolution. At sportsevolution.net, 2900 Plank Road in Altoona. Uh, that's where I take jiu-jitsu from Alan Coble. He's the dude, and uh, he is a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. CrossFit, level one and two certified. That's the highest ranking in central Pennsylvania. Uh, also certified personal trainer, certified strength and conditioning specialist. He also uh, is helps you like re train repair your body so you stand the right way your posture is correct a lot of things you don't think about uh he teaches and has i'm sure helped many lives including mine at sports evolution at leading athletes on facebook and instagram shout out to trade secrets at 1223 13th avenue out tuna facebook secrets and trade instagram trade secrets underscore skincare so trade secrets makes all the products in-house uh, all natural line of body care products. Uh, research and development is all done in-house. They make everything there. All natural ingredients, great for your body. Sugar scrubs, bath bars, all natural deodorants, bath bombs, you name it. Steph and Andy have it at Trade Secrets. And at Juice, J-O-O-S, Juice, 517 Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg. Other delicious things to help your body be more powerful, to be wiser in the brain. And nobody who is wise in the brain would ever say the statement wise in the brain. So I need to go to juice more often. Cold-pressed juice and smoothies, smoothie bowls, bone broth. Everything is fresh. Everything is made to order. Everything is delicious. And there's lots of love put into every single morsel that you consume. Thank you to Jen from Juice. Sipping on gin and juice. I had to. J-O-O-S. The Juice Bar on Facebook and Instagram. What an awesome episode. What a great podcast. Jack Zerby's the man. I can't thank him enough for being a part of this. I hope you guys enjoy the nugget, the little Easter egg at the end. Don't go anywhere. That's brutal.